<clears throat> Please allow me to introduce myself. <clears throat> I gotta turn that shit off. Beep-a-boop. I won't deny it. I'm a South Sider. You don't wanna fuck with me. Got the police rushing at me. But they can't do nothing to an attorney. Said, I won't deny it. I'm a South Sider. You don't wanna fuck with me. Got the police rushing at me. But they can't do nothing to an attorney. What is up and hello everyone out there. I'm Brian Tierney. This is the Blessed Life University podcast, the Blue Podcast for short. With me today is Captain Matt Thomason of the United States Army, a man's fucking man, the kind of man I respect, the kind of guy I get along with, uh, one of my best friends out here, so it's great to have him on and fucking chit-chat about what's blessed, man. So what's going on, brother? How are you feeling? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. First time on uh, Blessed Life University, so this is this is great. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, I mean, huh, there's a lot to go into. Um Got us a little queue. Gonna go into the queue, just dive right in. Um, how about those fights last night, man? I mean, pretty lit fight night. UFC. Uh, we had we had a lot of action there. Um, granted, uh, I think I got I think I uh, got most of it. Uh, I remember most of it, uh, but it's a little bit of there's so many fights. I you always pay attention to like the headliners, but you don't realize all the undercards and all these people. I'm like I don't know who that is, but man, well, that's why I watch early, man. Yeah. Like we started here, when we're watching the UFC fights. I, I want to start seeing them by seven o'clock, and I quite honestly, I'll sometimes I'll be cleaning the office, getting ready for the fights, and. I would uh, just watch the, the, even the early prelims. I want to see the up-and-comers. And, comers. and uh, a lot of times you'll see fights on there that, is, that are as good or better than the actual main card. You know, it's kind of crazy. You don't want to overlook these uh, people on the prelims. Yeah, I think uh, there were definitely uh, some of the fights that were undercards that were a- as good. I mean, they were up, they were up there uh, th- to the main event. Um, obviously, it's for everyone that knows, Francis Ngannou retains a title. The champ with uh, concrete fists from Cameroon. Uh, props to the man. He is still the reigning champion. Um, but, yeah, one of, one of the early ones that I that kind of caught my eye was the uh, Frivola-Valdez fight. And I have no idea who these guys are. I'm not an MMA, MMA whiz. You know, I just I, I dabble Same, from we're getting here and there. But we're more than most people. Yeah. Yeah, most people are just like, is that the uh, – the fighting thing, the thing where the fights are done. I'm like, yeah, this, this is the violent one. Yeah, this is the violent one. This is the, the one where people bleed from repeated. Yeah, and impacts. they don't stop it right away either. <laughs> somebody's somebody's gonna be getting hurt or they're gonna be getting choked until that shit is over, son. Yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking of getting hurt, freaking. Uh, well, props to Valdez, that guy. I mean, Frivola just put like literally a steamroller tidal wave of punches into this guy and. I mean, kept not, getting knocking down, getting dazed, getting stunned, and he just kept coming. And I was just like, this is brain damage real time. We were witnessing actual brain I damage. Know. It's kind of crazy and to watch. the guy went, you know, so much heart. Like, you know, just he went beyond, like, where he probably should have. But, you know, he was just like, there's no quit in him, you know. And it's like like his body just wasn't having it. But his heart was 100%, 110% all in. 
but it that's was what like, I love about fighting. Yeah. yeah, and it was impressive to watch, and just even 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 in defeat, the guy the guy was impressive. But there was Roll no just, real losers there. Yeah, no, I, I don't think Ferrell just had like a, I mean, it's the nonstop flurry up. It was, it was just hailing punches, a hailstorm of punches, and this guy was just he he couldn't stop. And I I, I kept on saying the I'm like he's gonna call it, he's gonna call it, he's gonna, and I'm like. He didn't know he's still going. He's still he gave going. him a very fair opportunity. Is what yeah. He's like, are you going to do something? Can you weather this storm? Some people can. Yeah. But, uh, fuck, you know. Dude, props to the man. I mean, I just, I, you know, and this is why people, like, I, I feel bad for, you know, people that stick around. Like, there's something to, there's something to I think, not, it's not so much quitting while you're ahead, but, like, quitting while you still have a functioning head or functioning brain inside your head, yeah. you know, because you do that long enough. And I think you had mentioned before that like, you thought, like, GSP was, you know, showing signs of, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know. Well, I heard that, that in the yeah. news that, you know, as they followed him, they thought he might have been so, showing some signs of CTE. Yeah. And they had some kind of crazy stuff that they attributed to him as being a quote. Like talking about UFOs and shit, and yeah. they're kind of out there. And there was the uh, big rig. What's his real name? I forget. Uh, Johnny Hendrix. Hendrix, who was allegedly roided up at the time. We watched that allegedly fight together at the tilted kilt on fucking Wabash in Washington. Yeah, with uh, my friend there with us, who was <laughs> a little three hammered and fucking dropped a glass and broke it, and it was kind of embarrassing she was in front of everybody. But yeah. it's all good. Good times. But the old dad fight, right, man? Uh, great night of fights. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, with the CTE and the fighters, man, like, I don't know, you know, when this offer started, if they knew what they know now, because now what you got to watch out for is inflammation in the, in the brain. If it's inflamed, it can't heal properly. So if they can get rid of that inflammation, give them proper vitamins and keep an eye on their hormone levels too, because they Mm -hmm. say there's this guy, Mark Gordon, Dr. Mark Gordon, he, uh, tries to reduce, people's symptoms after traumatic brain injury and let them live a normal life because they saw it a lot with like returning vets and then like athletes who had bad falls you know during gymnastics and had some bad you know football players um boxers the whole deal but uh definitely something they got to watch out for so now with all these fighters that are getting constantly hit in the head um i hope they look out for themselves their hormone levels their vitamin levels and all that shit and try to you know have a normal life where they can speak after they retire you know yeah, you don't want to be you don't want to become our lead, you know. And did, did, he had clearly traumatic brain injury. The like, worst, man. Clearly, if he was around now and they started looking at his hormone levels and the swelling in his head, they would try to reduce that. And he probably, maybe he would have been it would have been a delayed onset, or maybe yeah. he would have never had the part or Parkinson's or whatever yeah. that he had. That it was, he yeah, I believe it was Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. poor guy. R.I.P. to the greatest. Um, so that was fight one we were chatting about. What else was notable? Uh, well, looking through the list here, uh, I honestly some of these I don't even remember. Uh, oh yeah, so uh, I mean we'll have to hit Nur- everyone. Nurmagomedov, yeah, yeah. yeah Saeed Sa- Sa- Nurmagomedov. I mean, the the technical skill of that guy, he's just, you know, these Dagestanis, you know, they're just straight up killers from the Caucasus mountains. And it's just like, it's just a, they're cut from a different cloth. Like there's a different breed of human being. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like if there's, there's a group of people I, I wouldn't want to get on their bad sides. The, the Dagestanis, like it, it seems like that, that you want to stay in their good graces. Like you do not want to cross one of those guys. Like or Khabib's basically a, you know, a lead blanket that smothers you with fists until, uh, you know, until, 
I mean, it's, it's almost like it's almost like sometimes I, I feel like he he just drug, drug that shit out, dragged it out like as long as just to keep the fight going or whatever when he probably could have. So sometimes I, I I got that feeling with Khabib, you know, where he's just manhandling something. That one, uh, who did he take down like thirty odd times or whatever? In the Edson fight? Barboza, Barboza, or, yeah, um, yeah. Michael Johnson. Yeah, they just threw they him around. Just had his way with him. Yeah, just threw him around. Uh, yeah, see, the, I feel like there's different types of fighters. Some of them want a quick and dirty. They want to knock out or they want to, you know, whatever, like the Connor type. Sure. But then there's the people who try to break your will. Like, the victory <laughs> for them is the satisfaction of knowing in their mind. It was basically almost a rape. Like, what, what occurred <laughs> yeah. there was, like, you had no choice in the matter. I'm going to impose my will on yeah. you. It was and a non-sexual combative rape. Like, pretty like, much. Yeah. On national television <laughs> in front of everybody, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, yeah. and I've seen... There's this weird look of defeat or almost like a near death look on somebody's face when they were getting yeah. when they were getting grappled uh, by Khabib or when they're getting choked by Khabib because like a good example of each of those is Edson Barbosa you could see like the soul almost leaving his body his sure. will his will to live or his like will to keep on fighting in that fight he was, was broken. gone. He, yeah. was, he was broken. He's broken. And that's like, I feel like that's what gets Khabib hard probably, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's a very nice guy, but I think that's part of it for him is like, yeah. I'm going to dominate you so badly that it's not like, it's not like a mercy killing. This is a slow burn. Like, he's going to friggin' throw on the soul jams. Some some a little Anita will definitely set this body up. Gotta be, gotta be, gotta be. But yes, exactly, that's, exactly. he wants to put on the slow jams. Like he's going to give you a classic beating. You know what I mean? But, yeah, um, one for the for the ages. One of, one of the best fighters of all time. And I agree Absolutely. with what you were saying about the people from Dagestan. <laughs> definitely, definitely from a different cloth. They are cut and fucking. And they do it in such a calm, cool manner. And may they're humble as fuck. They they're strong as fuck. They're dedicated to their training. That is their craft. Like they're mastering it. And they they're they're, they're grappling. They're they're wrestling. They're jujitsu. Their ability to submit people, their strength, their endurance—like they have yeah. everything a fighter should have—and they they have it without like flaunting it. They just they're calm killers. They're not flashy. No, they're, they're just they have a determined look in their eye. Yeah. And like I'm gonna go out there and fuck you up, and I don't have to get excited about it. I don't, I don't have, have to, to talk, fuck shit, it, talk shit or whatever. Not even. Like yeah. you yeah. bring game, we bring game. We, we bring, see you. He's like, even I'll more. smash your boy. Yeah, like I'm gonna smash your boy. Semi location. Like they don't have like gangsterism like we have here. Like you think no. Nate Diaz, and you're like. Represent your set, fucking whatever his yeah. zip code is out there it's, in California. It's, a, it's much less macho. It's more subtle. It, it, there's just a confidence but about it. They'll throw yeah. down ringside too. I remember. Absolutely. I think Nate Diaz tried to slap Khabib, and he started brawling with them. Dude, their two crews were like side. Everybody had to split them up, and it was going on during the fight. They're like, "What the fuck is going on?" But yeah. Nate Diaz just tried to fucking bitch slap Khabib, and Khabib was ready to kill him. And then when the fight was over with Connor, he jumps over the fucking. That was the most insane thing ever that the night. Octagon yeah. and just. The eagle flying slapping. through the air. Yeah, dude. Like <laughs> mystical motherfucker. As soon as he beat Connor, he just, yeah. just fucking destroyed him and then fucking. I mean, it, just, it wasn't the worst ever. I mean, he fucked some yeah, other people worse. Him, but, yeah. but fucking. Um, he jumps over and he starts fighting with Dylan Dennis and fucking McGregor's whole crew. He's like, not only did I beat your guy, I'll smash all you pricks out here to slap him around. You know what I mean? Just the ultimate alpha, you know? And he, he clearly, he wasn't even gassed at all. That's how crazy his conditioning is. <sighs> like, he just fought, like, a legit fight. He fought one of the best in the world. Connor defeated him. And he's like, oh, you know what? Uh, unlimited stamina. <laughs> here I go. Let me just fight these random assholes because they're pissing me off. You know, the eagle fly, the eagle's attacking, like, you know. Another one? It's crazy that I saw was the Khabib Dustin Poirier. 
Mm. So when when Khabib got him like the third round or whatever it was, it looked like it looked like that that drained like drained look, that defeated look where it was like my I have my soul has given up the will to yeah. fight. Like I don't have. It's like this has happened to me, and I have no choice in the matter. It's got to be a very uncomfortable feeling. And that's what that's. I believe Poirier said he said something to that effect where it was just like he knew he could not have beaten Khabib in that fight. Like he, so, he really had no like he left it on the table, and he knew he could not have beaten Khabib. He just he knew that. But his last fight when he fought the what's his face? Oh, I can't. I'm terrible with the names. When we got submitted, he got choked out in the standing. Justin Gaethje. Oh uh, no no. Um, Poirier's last fight when he got choked out. Charles Oliveira. Oliveira got him. He was like, fuck, I knew I could have done better. Like, I believe I could have beaten him yeah. had things gone down a little bit differently. And I believe, too, he or landed, he, he connected. he at least had yeah. um, more to offer in the fight that he didn't yeah. get to execute. And um, and so he said that the Khabib loss, it didn't feel as bad as the Oliveira right. loss. Was with Khabib, he felt like he didn't have a choice in the matter. Right. But with the Oliveira fight, he felt that uh, there was something he could still do. So um, there's another great fighter too, but uh, I guess to take it full circle with uh, Nurmagomedov, mm-hmm. um, they're a different breed, man, and they do it very calm, cool, and collect, and uh, it's impressive to watch. And you know, I think that should be what American fighters are aspiring to. You know, that level of dedication, Definitely. training, and humbleness. Dude, I am for I'm for for a cultural exchange program with Dagestan, like for the youth. Like we just, you know, like Switzerland has like compulsory military service when you turn eighteen, or right? same with yeah. Israel. It's like we should have that exchange with Dagestan. We just go hang out with Dagestanis for like a summer when you turn eighteen, and you like learn learn what it's like to be a real man, like in a third world ish kind of country. That's a you fair know? statement. Yeah, just like here you are. No before you go, Dagestan or Russia. Yeah, I mean they're not they rich. It. Yeah, they're not rich, but they don't they don't seem to care. They're doing their own thing. I mean they're good to go. Like they're proud, uh, proud people, and they should be. They're fucking badass group of people. So, but yeah, here it's just like you know, we need to stop sending kids to college. Send them to Dagestan for a summer, okay? A Dagestani <laughs> education a university Dagestani of Dagestan cultural exchange program. I think it would, it would be beneficial to society. People are just like, holy shit! Like, like I've kind of been a bitch for most of my life. I need to. Learn how to not be so much of a bitch, like yeah, and that, I think that would be that would be important, more important than going to like a liberal arts college, like where I went and you know, taking an astro- astronomy class and art and shit. Yeah. We all need astronomers around, though, bro. You know, yeah, some uh, magic shit going on out there. Yeah, like oh, okay, I can read the stars. Well, what do you fucking do? Um, you know, but uh, yeah, man, that they stand there. I'm so terrible pronounce their names, but. Um, that fucking submission, guillotine choke, first round, what was it, 47 seconds? 47, 47 second seconds. Chokes One of the fastest. I mean, it, it was it was like, uh, you ever see like a mongoose fight a cobra? They're just going for the, the neck bite or whatever. It's super fast. That was kind of how it was. It was like a mongoose fighting a cobra. And before you know it, you blink, you're done. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah, very wild. The submission game from Dagestan is unmatched. Seriously. On that level. Seriously, man, it's next next level shit. Um, what else we got in the queue there on these UFC fights, son? We got uh, yeah, Figueredo and uh, Moreno. What an absolute fucking war! I would say probably fight of the night. I would say fight of the night. Yeah, the champ fight was good, but uh, Figueredo, uh, Moreno. I, I at the end of the day, I'm looking at you know Ari and whatnot. We're just like, who? I, I'm like, I don't know what to win. He thought Moreno. I, I honestly didn't know. I'm like, oh, maybe he had more significant strikes, but I guess Figueredo got him on points. Um, you know, but it was just, you know, 
this guy was wrecked, this guy was wrecked, now he was, and they're just like, it was so, um, it was a very technical war, like, you just see the high fight IQs in these guys, they're going at, like, every, they knew what they were doing, and it was just, they let all their cards on the table, and it was, it was any man's fight, honestly, like, there's no real losers in that fight either, in my, in my view. So Um, hard to call, man, so hard to call, it was a very close fight, I feel like, you know, they say sometimes that they favor the champ in the sense that, like, if it was a close fight, they'll usually let you remain champ or whatever. Right. Which I felt was probably... It would have been acceptable. Yeah. Well, I think that's what should have happened there. Because, yeah. like, I mean, if I'm scoring the fight, I don't know what their scoring system is for takedowns and different things or grappling or amount of control time or dominant time. But significant strikes is one of the main things you have to gauge on. It's like if this right. guy's hit him with more significant strikes, how could you say that the other guy is a winner when they're both standing at the end? Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, Moreno's shin was obviously starting to go factors, you know, they have to be considered. But there was, I, I feel like he weathered that really well. Uh, he still kept coming forward despite being compromised on the leg on that leg, and yeah, that leg took kind of a beating. You know, might have heart of a champion, repping Mexico, like just. You know, unlimited wall of willpower just coming at you. And, uh, yeah, so I think I I agree. Like, I probably, since Brandon's a champ, I probably would have given him the nod just because it was – I feel like it, it has to be cold. more it decisive like, to dethrone the champ. It was like, like a three-to-two fight, and it was yeah, very close, I'm sure. I mean, it was so fucking close. Um, I honestly didn't know what to call it. So, whatever, they got to make – they got to call it one way. Uh, can they even call a championship fight a draw? Cause honestly, it probably would have been more um, accurate. I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, they might, and you might have to like have a rematch or whatever. If it I was probably a would draw, it a draw. They would leave the belt yeah. with the champ until they rematch it. But that's this matchup is one of the ones that's meant to be because I don't know much about some of the other guys in that weight division, but I don't know that there's any big-name challengers that could beat either one of those two guys right mm-hmm. now. So I feel like, how did it play out? That was their fir- third fight between uh, Moreno and Fi- uh, Figueredo. And so the first fight, I think, Tyler, one of our guests here last night, shout out to Tyler, was saying that uh, that fucking the first fight was a draw, and it was very close. And then the second fight was Moreno's victory, of course. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last night we saw, you know, uh, Figueredo take back the belt. So, I mean, they're so closely matched. I feel like they could trade that belt back and forth for a while. Probably. And maybe sprinkle in, like, another contender, and then it would be, like, right back to that. Because it's – I feel it's, like, different than the Usman-Covington rivalry because that mm-hmm. one, I think Covington's going to just have to clean up some other people for a while and then maybe gets a shot again, you know? Unless yeah. Kamaru Usman lose it, lose it because I think there's that guy like Islam Makachev or something that's coming up at 170. I have heard – yeah, I heard he's the real deal. So I haven't followed him really, but he's dangerous, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, how, how's our last one? What do we got there? The champ, uh, Ngano and uh, Cyril uh, – uh, gone. How do you Cyril say? Gone. Gone. It's just Cyril gone. gone. Yeah. Just gone. Gone. Man. Um. Also a great fight, but you know, that was obviously decisively Ngano. He controlled that fight. He kept on, especially at the end. He, was, he kept on pressing with the takedowns, controlling top position. I would have liked to see him do more. Uh, ground and pound, Khabib style, but it's not necessarily his style. Like what, but Francis. He, yeah. Yeah. That's not necessarily his style. He's known for ex- huge explosive knockout power, obviously. But torn out was the uh, torn ligament. Fully torn MCL, and MCL. I think he said partially torn ACL. Yeah, and he, I saw he had that little th- that thing around his knee, that knee band. 
So obviously he was compromised in his uh, ability to like you know have a base for striking you know for that full like devastating Ganu power, um, which you know we were all hoping to see like the big knockout. But being that as it is and not available, I think he played that smart, going for the takedowns, controlling top position, controlling dominant position, and it was decisive. You know, so it like, was no there was no question about that. I think um, great assessment of the fight. I mean that that pretty much sums up the whole. <laughs> Pardon me, five rounds and um, a very exciting fight to um, to see coming up. Let me puff this shit. Hell yeah! Because that was a battle of the titans, and Francis and Gano and Cyril Gan had trained together, so they kind of they knew each other. They had a little history of just you know helping each other out, whatever. And so you know they they get in there. Cyril Gan is an incredible all around fighter. I mean, those were the those in my opinion are the two best heavyweights in the UFC. Yeah, and. Like you said, even with an injured knee, uh, Francis Ngannou still um, put, put, put dominated the fight. You know, he and it's crazy. Like you said, he wasn't able to really wind up and plant the way he normally mm-hmm. does. Like the time when he knocked out Elstor Overeem. Oh my god! I mean, it was like an almighty. Like it was like if God was on Earth and just uppercutted <laughs> somebody, it was just like the almighty power in his hand going up, like basically almost breaking fucking the yeah. neck of. Um, Alistair Overeem. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw Overeem still leave his body at least briefly during that uppercut. Yeah, like, that was an almost snatch experience. the life out of him, you know, basically. Yeah. And it just uh, came, it sprung right back. But, uh, man. And his lip was split up almost all the way up to his nose. His lip from yeah. one punch from this guy, Francis Ngannou. Grizzly. Was split from the bottom where his teeth are all the way up to his nose. And he needed like 20 stitches in his face or something after that. Just but, grizzly. Um, so, yes, we didn't get to see any of that in that fight yesterday. But... What Francis did really well was, and like you said, what we saw yesterday to sum it up really well is all the high fight IQ. So Francis, his fight IQ is really high now. You can really see it. He's calm and relaxed. He's no, he's not a one trick pony. Not no. anymore. And that, he was dangerous as a one trick pony. Yeah. And now his, he has a whole game. Good luck fucking beating him. Yeah, I don't know who he can put in front of that guy. It happened who has eventually. A game. But I think it might be a hot minute. Not gonna wait for him. John Jones maybe, but I don't know if he can hang with the mm. grappling of fucking Engano. I don't think I don't think Jones can hang with him. I think Jones is going to get pummeled. But Jones is slippery. He has defense is great. He has a lot of technical skill that and might is, help him dodge. But he is a tough motherfucker. Like the uh, Jones, um, he had a fight with Gustafson where he's just a slugfest. They're beating the living shit out of each other, and they went the distance. And it was one of those close call fights. It was really close. Um, so Jones definitely he has heart. I mean, he, he definitely has the heart of a champion, even if he doesn't <laughs> behave like a champion outside of the ring. Not, he's not a, a lifestyle of a, of a champion. You know? <laughs> not or, a champion or not lifestyle. Not lifestyle necessarily, but definitely the consequences of it and the criminal trouble he gets in. Yeah, yeah. that's probably it. Yeah. Um, but in the ring, yeah, we don't know John greats. Jones outside of the ring behavior, but we do like him as a fighter inside. All time great. Just his performance, like that's only what we're basing this person on for the yes. purpose of this conversation. Yes. But um, yeah, no man. Uh, Ngannou now showed us that he's he's been working on grappling and he's been working on wrestling and he's been working on jujitsu and uh, he did it really well last night even without being able to spring very hard he looked like he was kind of a lead blanket or at least a wet blanket um, on Cyril Gan that kind of yes. couldn't get couldn't move around and prove that he can overpower people with with his weight and his strength because Cyril Gan is very strong too when he's on his back he looked pretty defenseless and they were yeah. wet and slippery like they were. 
Francis still maintained the dominance and was able to, you know, hang on and keep them pinned for a while, quite a while. Um, even though they were wet, they were fucking slippery and fucking sliding all over the place after five rounds of fucking brawling. They must those big boys get real hot, I'm sure. Speaking of big boys, that reminds me, uh, brief uh, discussion we had yesterday. <laughs> Derek Lewis. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the attempted car theft. Yeah. So some some poor bastard, and I say this, you know, relatively because I don't have that much sympathy. But someone tried to steal Derek Lewis's car, apparently, and uh, you know he was in the act of trying to steal the car. And uh, I, I guess he tried, he tried to steal the car, not obviously boost it with, you know, Derek in the car, but it was he, he was coming out of a Walmart like he had been in the Walmart and the, and the carjacker was in there trying to get it uh, in the parking lot. Couldn't boost it quick enough, and Derek Lewis like, beats the shit out of this uh, this car thief, pretty much. Um, can you imagine? Like, I, and I said this yesterday, I was like, I was like, that car thief who just got beat by a world-class fighter Derek Lewis hauled out of the car, pummeled, you know, held there till the cops get there. Because if if Derek Lewis wants to hold you there, you're not going anywhere. It's, he's going to do what he wants with you. It's like the uh, the Rogan Brock Lesnar skit. He's going to do whatever he wants with you, basically. Like, hopefully, he doesn't use use you as a condom to fuck something bigger, you know. Something but larger, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, man. I I was like that guy who got his ass beat trying to steal Derek Lewis's car needs to go buy the Powerball tickets now because he just became the most unlucky motherfucker in recently. So his luck is like, you know, I feel like the universe seeks balance, right? You know, existentially, generally, in you know, f- the realm of physics, like balance is naturally sought by all things in the universe, even at like the particulate level. Um, so this motherfucker needs to go buy Powerball tickets after getting his ass beat trying to carjack Derek Lewis. Yeah, yeah man. <clears throat> you know, the way everybody, the the police are told to act now like sissies, I'd rather get caught by the police than fucking Francis mm. and, or than friggin' Derek D-O. Lewis in yeah, the yeah. goddamn Walmart parking lot. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> you know what? The fact it, is Walmart makes it all the more special. Can you it, imagine? It's really yeah, yeah. just well, great. Well, it seems like that's where the fucking carjacking would happen. It's like, you know yeah. what I mean? Just It's just, it, you hear it all the time. I've We had... There's a Walmart maybe 10 minutes from this office, and um, people have been shot in the parking lot. There's shots fired. You know, it's like the car Classy. car theft is yeah. just—it just seems like it makes sense to happen there. But anyway, um, I couldn't imagine just being that thief. Like you're there, you're like, I'm gonna fucking steal this Got car. This car, it's now. A nice car. It's probably a nice SUV or something. You can and see then the uh, all of a sudden, nice overshadowing like the entire sun. Is Derek Lewis, and he's coming at you to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> like, that's got to be so scary. And a lot of these people commit crimes while they're high. Yeah, so you can yeah. imagine the paranoia freak out you would instantly have. Like, I think I'd go into cardiac arrest just looking at that guy running at me. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's like, very scary. He's a very large individual. That's a UFC heavyweight contender, Derek Lewis. If you look him up online if you don't know who he is. The guy's huge. A.K.A. the Black Beast. So that when the Black Beast is upon you, God just decided... God is done with you, right? Like any any you know like cred that you had that is with the almighty the G-O double D. God's like, yeah, man, nah. Derek Lewis, not my money, not my creation. Derek Lewis can have you. Like you you've absolutely been abandoned by the Lord. Like there's he's like, forsaken you. There's like so. guys that are top five UFC heavyweights. Francis Ngannou, I think he has one of the world's um, high, strongest punches on record in terms of pressure. Um, 
you got Francis and Ganu, you got Stipe, you got fucking, you had DC in the mix, you had uh, Rosenstreich, Derek Lewis, all of those guys in that like top five, top six group could fucking crack your head off, dude. All of them. Yeah. Like any other human that Francis they would and Gano, come across. Did you see him like kill um, Rosenstreich in the ring? No, no, no. I, I didn't see that. He rolled him and whacked him like three, four, five times, and Rosenstreich was just out cold, <laughs> slumped up against the friggin' um, fence, man. It was Damn. wild to watch. Go back and take a look at it. It only lasted, it was not even one round, and Rosenstreich no was supposed to be like the next challenger for the title. You got steamrolled by Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou, I think it was after like the. Derek Lewis fight that everybody was disappointed by because they were so afraid of each other because they know that, you know, they can knock each other out and fucking... So they were, like, you know, playing chess the whole time and they didn't throw hands and, um... Fucking... After that, Francis like, let me just show you who, who I am again because I, I know that was a bad performance or whatever. Yeah. And, uh... But good, good on Francis, man. I love that guy. You know, the story of leaving Africa on a small boat that he had to chip in with other guys and doing it five or six times till he finally made it to Spain and then training and sleeping in a parking lot and you get with only like a backpack and some clothes that the gym gave him and to become the UFC champion of the world I mean I don't think that you can't fiction doesn't even have stories like that like that shit is what yeah you know comic books and fucking movies are made about legendary origins of working uh, in salt mines as a child to raise money for his family to have food on the table this is my favorite champion of all time, I think, uh, based on story. Definitely, definitely. It's such an incredible story. And he's, uh, you know, for all the guys that could be cocky, you know, it started from the bottom, now we're here. Like, no, no, his bottom, like the bottom in America, it's low. People have it rough, who have it r- real rough. But the bottom in Cameroon, I think it's from, um, to come from Cameroon to Africa to Europe to North America, you know, from literally nothing, from the salt mines, sand mines, whatever it was, yeah. Um being a child laborer, like yeah. having absolutely nothing. He's talking man's about work too. Man's work. As a child. Yeah. Yeah. And he's talking about like in the school, like they didn't have money. Like his family, he, I remember him seeing, seeing him interviewed. I think he was on Rogan, but um, he's talking about just the school uh, back home in his village, you know, where it was like all the other kids, like he was poor for there. Like his family's poor so for like in Africa. Extra they didn't, poor. He, yeah. <laughs> So extra, they didn't have money to get board. books or, like, you know, like, pencils or something. Like, he didn't have, like, basic school supplies, basically, just just to go I to their little... I think he was saying that. They had yeah. food, and he would always ask to, like, borrow a pen or yes, a notebook to borrow from other from their students because yeah. he didn't have his own. Dude, that's yeah. so crazy, man. What a story, and good for him. And I hope, you know, him and UFC, I think they've been on rocky terms. Dana mm-hmm. White was saying that he doesn't like Francis and got his manager or whatever. But uh, Francis wants to get paid what he's worth, which he should. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about maybe boxing. And I think if he's going to do it, now would be the time. I think he, I don't know if he has any fights left on his UFC contract or if it's maybe they have another year on it. I don't know if it's a per-fight contract. It might be a time length. And if they don't give him another fight or if they do, whatever, he might have to fight somebody else. But I would like to see him go into boxing. If he's going to do it, you should do it now while you're young. Obviously, yeah. he has a clear ability to learn and, and act it physically. And to see him box and make some good money like Connor did would be incredible. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Even if he lost a fight, but him fighting Tyson Fury, I mean, France is a pretty good striker. I think you get him in there with a boxing coach for six months or yeah. a year and then say, let's let's have a nice fucking big exhibition Dude, Fury, like Connor Mayweather one. Fury, though, is so technical. I mean, you look at the last fight um, that he had um, with Wilder. Wilder I mean, should train Ngano, man. Wilder, maybe. Yes, 
Spar with him. But here's Train the thing. Him. Yeah, probably. But here's Wilder has a That's massive. That's just the stoner of me yelling some shit out. That's Wilder has a massive right hand, like, you know, cannon. But in terms of, like, technical boxing skill, I mean, the it's subtle. You know, Fury Fury is the GOAT right now. I mean, just, just the, like, again, like we talked, fight IQ. I mean, the guy's head movement, and for being just such a giant target a and boy, still yeah. so hard to hit, it's crazy. How slick he is! Um, he's a, he's hit so hard too. Yeah, it, it looks like it, it's like some guys hit real fast and crisp. His is like a slow sledgehammer, yeah. or like a wrecking ball. It's, yeah. it's a giant thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is being delivered at you with like thousands of pounds it's of force. Construction equipment coming yes, at your face. Exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. And that's what you got when you fight that motherfucker. Right there. Absolutely. One Absolutely. of Savage, that Tyson Fury is the Gypsy King. Like yeah. they say, apparently there's a lot of good Gypsy boxers because apparently li- Gypsies live a lifestyle where they need to fuck people up. And they said when they, yeah. when you get the reputation as the Gypsy King, like being the best of them, that's a that's a fucking badge of pride to be worn. Exactly, it's like that movie Snatch. You know where Brad Pitt's character, you know he's a a Gypsy bare knuckle boxing champion, which makes him harder than a coffin nail. You know I think they harder said harder than a coffin. Nail. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's just uh, fucking poikies. Yeah, I fucking hate poikies. Yeah, they're like the. Uh, that was a good Statham or whatever. Yeah, they're like the uh, UK's Dagestanis, basically, like just hard as nails. Oh. Um, I want to thank uh, my father-in-law Tony Mahalik for uh, setting up the screen, and well, we all we all helped, but he had a screen, he had a projector. And then he bought a surround sound system, so he covered that. I covered the bracket to mount the uh, the projector, which was surprisingly as much as the surround sound system. Fucking shit's expensive nowadays. But uh, anyway, shit. he set up the, the he set up the surround sound. He set up the the projector. It's all hung from the ceiling. He got this huge screen. Great setup last night. Um, you know, thank you very much to my wife Sarah for helping set up for Jacob Mahalik. Um, you know, Anthony for Fran. Fran cooked food for the fights. And, so good. Uh, yeah, she made some party potatoes. That is her, like, special dish. It's, like, cheesy potatoes with, like, cornflakes, like, I don't even know. crisp up on top, whatever it is. But it works. Shit. Yes, it was delicious. Yeah. Um, for everybody who came to the fights last night, uh, my friend Diana Nufio, my friend Claudia Hurado, my friend Claudia Bertacci, Nick Hefner, um, Eric Ocampo. Uh, you know, everybody who came through, Aldo Quinones, and uh, for Matt Thomason, we had a we had a nice little crew. Aristeo, um, good good night, man. Everybody enjoyed it. We wrapped up at a reasonable time, and that's kind of like what I like about the fights is like, it's not this late night drunkard activity. It's like yeah. everybody's responsible. People leave, they go home, they go relax, get a good night's sleep. You fucking leave the shit, or you clean it up that night, or you leave it till the next day. You get home at a reasonable hour. Except for our asses. Yeah. We had Nick in the motherfucking crew with us. Like, Let's go to Studio 63. Like, I would love to, Nick. I, it's yeah. a, it's a, one of my favorite places to go. Normally but we it's would. already like one one thirty dog. Right. And guess what? Their liquor license is only till 2 right now. They're working on trying to get it extended back because uh, Summit Illinois has now uh, made two, all their liquor licenses 2 a.m. because some of the bars didn't have security and shit was popping off or whatever. And so... Well, that's, um, yeah. He that's... wants to, Nick wants to go to fucking Studio 63. And I'm like, <laughs> I want a Chomperado, and I'm going home. And so we all go get our Chomperados, me, you, Ari, and fucking Nick. You got the four-wheel drive going on the bend, so we're good to go getting through that snow. Always. So 
you know, the fucking snow hits. Started last night. It was getting a little shitty. By the time we woke up today, this is my relaxation time now. We got up. We get out of the fucking house. There's snow. We got to get out the shovels. Matt does the fucking front. I'm doing the back outside by the garage. We do that for like half hour. Get the cars fucking undone. And then we get to the office here. And we start shoveling snow again. More so we snow. Do the, okay, yeah. There's a whole fucking bunch in front of the building, and our neighbor did the snow last time, so I helped them out. Me and him were out there. Um, and then in the back, we did a little bit by the parking. And you know what? That was my exercise for the day. I didn't get on the treadmill today. Didn't lift any weights. But I got some good fucking cardio in, and I was pushing that snow like fucking crazy. Felt real good for my arms. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, if you tighten that, it'll be locked in place right there. It'll give you a little more room. Yeah, it's... um. Man, and it don't stop and it don't quit. We don't that stop. That snow we don't shit, quit. man. Yeah, it's been a it's been a frosty uh, frosty day here, definitely up here in the Midwest. So I saw my news uh, feed. Janesville declared a winter weather emergency. Right? Do they have to? Do they only do that when it gets real serious or what? Yeah, I, I normally it's just like a. I mean, there almost were no snow days, you know, growing up here. It's just like. You just you still you still go. It's like there's this. Oh, it's two feet of snow on the ground. Well, figure it out. You know, it's it's a rare. It's gonna be really bad. We're yeah. not that bad here. Yeah. We uh, it's if it's like you know a foot or more, it'll probably call school. But we're better than a lot of cities. You know, yeah. Like we're not like one of those southern cities where <laughs> the they south, get an inch and it's like the south shut down is just yeah. There it'll rain and they'll be like, oh my god, it rained for a lot. Uh, it was a little bit cold. It was a little slick. We have to cancel school or flurry. As soon as snow hits the ground, they're like, "Whoa, y'all! I don't know if we can make it, y'all. We gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta cancel that. I don't think we can go on the road. It's not safe. It ain't safe to be out there right now. All right. So you stay home. You watch out for you. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Here it's like you get the apocalypse of snow and. The abominable snow man's out there friggin' messing shit up. And yeah, it's You don't it's get whatever. a snow day. You just go, yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty good here about it. We don't get many snow days. But I did enjoy them when we got our kids because, you know, sometimes you got to recognize that fucking Mother Nature is a boss or Old Man Winter or whoever you want to call it. And they're going to dump down some snow on you. And sometimes it's a full-day project to fucking clean up. Your little kid, like, first of all, you want to be helpful, or at least you did in my house because my dad taught us to fucking go out there and work ours. We go, yo, go out there and make some money. Fucking they had me hustling, man. That's Fucking shoveling that snow, you know. He'd give me 10, 20 bucks. My fucking, I'd do four or five in the neighbor's houses. They were happy. I was happy. I'm over there buying new Nintendo shit and all this fucking shit <laughs> as a kid or whatever. And it's good stuff, man. So, you know, um, it, it was good to get that exercise and clean this fucking place up. And then... We have to clean the office up just to get ready for this podcast. Yeah. Like, we deconstructed and reconstructed, like, three desks and computers, all the fucking tables and chairs we had lined up, all that shit. You have to bring it upstairs, downstairs. We're transporting chairs. You did a fine work fucking helping me set up those computers. And uh, we got everything cleaned up over here because this table that we're using for the podcast was used as our serving table last night. So this motherfucker was covered with a cloth. And we had the burgers and the chops. So the chops turned out really good off the grill. The singed and just juicy, tasty-ass fucking chops. Then we had that mac and cheese, the party yeah. potatoes, the whole deal. Um, and then Aldo brought donuts for dessert to try to give me the fucking diabetes, this guy. But it's all good. I did enjoy one. Yeah, I, I appreciate I appreciate the contribution of Dunkin' Donuts to the to fight night, always. I mean, it's like we had everything. We had all the bases covered. You had the food, the drink, the weed, you know, hey, like... So what? Uh, we go out, <laughs> and then we smoke. 
We're just having fun with the UFC. <laughs> um, Damn right. Speaking of uh, drinks, this podcast is brought to you by Bex Non-Alcoholic Beer. Frozen beer. Yeah, it is yeah. literally, it looks like something out of commercial. You can't see this in the camera probably, but there's like snow all over that shit. Um, yeah. And it, that's how we keep our beer cold around here. We we know that old man winter or mother nature or whatever you want to call it can take care of our refrigeration for us. You leave that shit outside and it's going to fucking freeze it. And then you, you get snow on top of that. Can't and you leave got it a, on. You got a commercial, son. <laughs> you just leave Bex, it all night. It's brother. <laughs> yeah. It's just ice. <laughs> the non-alcoholic. It just tastes good. Non-alcoholic ice. Because yeah. I'm sober since October and sober till St. Patrick's Day. I might even stay sober till the fucking month of May. I just may. What do you say? Then I'm go hard like an AK. Boom. Bitch. Shot after shot. You want to come at me? What the fuck you got, bitch? Ooh. On the podcast, how long will the motherfucking rhymes last? Irish Capone, hard in the paint, ladies and gentlemen. Like, fuck yeah. Thank you for somebody who recognizes games, son. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah, and this is just after... This is just after a few hits, few hits from the uh, ye old trusty vape pen. Sipping on some scissor. Sip, sipping on, sip, sipping on some scissor. Oh, snap, son. Damn right. This is some foamy-ass beer. God I was say, is it is it uh, thawed yet? <laughs> God, it looks like Mount Rushmore in this motherfucker. What happened to this thing? It's like you got a root beer this float a, over there. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to let that calm down. Apparently... They tell you to put your fucking finger in there and stir it because the oil from your finger fucking breaks down them suds. But whatever. That's why I got everything we need in one place. And that's what I love about this fucking office. That's what I'm blessed for. That's what I'm thankful for. Yeah. I got everything I need at my fingertips. I got a half a fucking gym downstairs that I'm still working on. That thing's going to be done soon. We're going to make a legit I got a podcast job. studio in the fucking office. It's super warm in here. I got radiator heat. I have family who help me out with everything, make a fucking awesome night of UFC fights. And we're here in the warmth after a hard day's work, relaxing, chilling, and getting ready to go to fucking Craple Steakhouse for oh, dinner tonight, son. Love me some Craples. So good. Southside Landmark. It's a great Eat place. Eat like me. Dine like me. I'm going over there. I shouldn't even have said that shit. I want to keep that shit a secret. <laughs> That's my little fucking place to go, man. I'm getting I'm getting the salmon tonight, blackened with lemon and friggin' probably some butter on there, some fucking green beans on the side with almond shavings, some garlic mashed potatoes with the bacon and the cheddar. Nobody does it better. <laughs> Nobody does it better. R.I.P. Nate Doug. Real motherfucking G. Double G. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, this is, I was saying earlier, this is the no most modular, life. most modular office, law firm, really. It's a law firm by day, uh, podcast uh, studio by weekend, and also a UFC fight night home theater by weekend slash sports bar. You got to use yeah. your your attributes and your assets as, as best you can to the fullest, man. Like, I like the fights. There's an excitement. For those who haven't seen it, when I bring them in here, they end up liking it. And they're like, tell me about the next one because there's an energy, right? Yeah. Great to bring people together. And, um, you know, I just do it because it comes natural to me. I, I do it. I I do things in a unique way, and that's why th this has been great for me. That's why I'm blessed. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So. No, man, you're, uh, you definitely like um, – you're not afraid. One thing that uh, – I think we discussed this earlier, but like uh, – my as you know like my favorite 
I don't know, comedian podcaster, Tim Dillon or whatever. Shout out Tim to Timmy Dillon. D. Tim, you are the funniest um, motherfucker. It's hard to tell if you're serious or you're fucking around half the time. It's fucking great. And the people that don't know him that th- so think he's at. serious, it's so funny that, that, that like they they think he's actually well, he's being sarcastic, at least half joking, 90% of the time. Um, other times he's, he's just so telling reality, which is hilarious. And his, his view of reality, he just highlights the absurdity of the status quo of reality. He, um, um, he used to be a salesman, and I think that's how he sharpened those skills of like yeah, selling mortgages. He's so you know, good at it. yeah. I mean, he could sell. He could definitely sell uh, sell you a bridge. You know, so uh, <laughs> no. But what was I saying um, about Tim Dillon? Yeah, about Tim D. He was saying about uh, just Excuse successful me. people, and there's an attribute of successful people that I I see I see with you. Where it's, he says, successful people are not afraid to go out of their comfort zone to be uncomfortable, like to be to be at, to be okay and get used to being uncomfortable. Comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yes, yeah. comfortable with the uncomfortable. And you do that. You're not afraid. Like you, you're just like you know what? Uh, I think I can run. I think I can run my own business. I think I can run my own law firm. You go out, you do it. You know, I think I want to do a podcast. Go out, you do it. You know, you're. You're always like, and a lot of people just taking that step into the unknown, just leaping off. A lot of people don't do that, and they stay where they are. They stay where they are, and when you stay where you are, it's comfortable, it's familiar, it's whatever, but that's as far as you get. Like, that's it. And that's fine. For some people, that's fine. But you're never going to be, like, really successful until you put yourself on the I see it with my dad when he was – operating doing surgery like he wouldn't sleep like he would surgery on wednesday nights tuesday nights like he wouldn't fucking sleep because he was so worried about a bad outcome for the patient you know because i'm literally removing the surface of their eyeball and putting a, the new surface of their eyeball that's disgusting on but i'm glad he's to do it able to do it well yeah yeah and, and um you know it's just no small no small task and it would eat him up like he would be super nervous about it um, and he wasn't even being even being a master of his craft, practicing medicine for forty years. He was still not like comfortable with it, but he was comfortable with being uncomfortable, and he still went and did it because that's what he honed that ability to just wade out into the un, into the discomfort zone and fucking power through. Like, and that's what successful people do. Unsuccessful people are like, oh fuck. <laughs> Oh, I, that, I, that's scary, man. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, and they never go beyond that, you know. So, um, and they're just like, I just like my my little job, my little life here, my little job. I'm fine. I don't need to, you know. But like, but like taking that step out, jumping out on that ledge or whatever, you know, just kind of putting your hand into the flame and just and just holding it there, kind of, you know. It's uh. That makes that's the difference, you know. In a lot of situations, that's the difference. Some people are just, uh, I don't know. I think just naturally gifted at like anything or whatever. Like they're savants. Like you know, they're com- comfortable with everything because they're just so talented or intelligent or whatever. But like, um, I think that even people with average ability, average intelligence, whatever, even less than average ability, less than average intelligence, who are willing to make themselves uncomfortable, put themselves out of their comfort zone. And just fucking go out on that limb, just dive into that cold water. We'll get further. Maybe they won't be the master of the universe, but they will get further. 
So, and that's something that um, I, I believe it holds true as a rule, generally speaking, and going through life. So, it's like me with the uh, the bar exam or whatever. I'm a terrible student. Terrible. You know, ADD, whatever. I got ADD too. You know, big deal. It was worse when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of no, note to people right? you can still have ADD and become attorneys like yeah it's, it's yeah <coughs> or anything else or, or exactly whatever you can still do academic stuff even with ADD they say as you get yeah. older you become more cognizant of it and like it's you're more mindful of it so you can control it better yeah and I have learned that but there's other things that there's other things that help me and I'll mention a couple of them but uh yeah life is risk and reward you know and um you, you don't get reward without risk and some risks are small it's just a you get a job and there's other people doing the job and you just you fit in with the team you fit in with the company or whatever and you, you know you do that and that's what you do but if you want more than that in your life yeah. if that is the end in and of itself but if you want more than that you got to work for it and you got to take risks um, you got to be willing to do that and I mean most of the time you'll you'll be successful on the risk because people like that like even if you lost at something or you, whatever the goal was wasn't achieved people see that you're willing to take that chance they respect that in and of itself and then if you do something successfully you just got to want it man and you got to do it a lot you got to do it consistently and um as far as being comfortable with being you know uncomfortable that's huge in life and you don't that's one of the keys i feel to getting like peace having peace of mind or having maybe even inner peace is like you don't like swimming or you don't like going into the deep end of a pool, which I kind of struggled with swimming when I was growing up. And I, I even had to be pulled out of the water one time when I was in fucking summer camp. And it was kind too. of a traumatic experience, but, yeah. but I didn't want to let that one experience define me or the fear of that, you know, define me. And so I was like, I will, I'll do it better next time. And what had happened was I just, I went down feet first um, instead of like diving more in where I could start swimming to get back to the surface. And it, without feeling a floor beneath me, I started panicking. Mm. And uh, I always remember that. But in order to do it better, I'm like, okay, I was kind of like military style after action review. What did I, what could I do better? And it was all it was was just I needed to kind of like dive in to start swimming and then, you know, hold my breath till I get back to the surface or whatever. And then I'm good to go. Yeah. And um, I remember I went swimming for the first time this past summer in quite a long time. And, Oh, like in a, like a water park. So I was on those fucking ones where they like inject you into the water in like the deep end. You're like coming off like a 12, 15 foot drop of a slide and it's just like thunk, right in yeah. the water. And it had been a while. So like the first time when I was getting ready to go down, I had that like fight or flight thing. I was like, you know, am I too stoned to do this right now? I think I need to breathe a little <laughs> bit more before I try this. But anyway, yeah. the point is just risk and reward. And to your point about the successful traits of people, I have – the Investors Business Daily has this like top 10 seekers to success, and they said we followed successful people for many years, and um, we've observed, you know, the characteristics they have, and here's like the 10 that they that they have in common. It's like, um, you know, beware of a negative environment. Like, always think positively. Like, mindset is everything. You know, write down your specific goals. Develop a plan to reach them. You know, success is a marathon, not a sprint. Never fucking give up. Like, it's a long-term thing, which I believe in. You got to chip away at things little by little you do enough of these and after a while it's a real thing because you've done so many of them now that like you've made this into a like a, you've, you've given it the legitimacy just by being consistent with things in life yeah 
So anyway, there's all these things on the top 10 list, you know, don't let other people things, you know, or things distract you. And I kind of live by that shit, dude. My dad used to get newspapers like the Wall Street Journal or the Investor's Business Daily or whatever the fuck it was. And he would share articles with me or, you know, I would, um, I don't know if he found that top 10 secrets or if I found it just by reading through his thing because they would put it on the back page of the, the, you know, the one section you could always find it. But I, I look at those even sometimes when I'm exercising, I have them in front of me and it's just a reminder where I'm like, these are great things to live your life by. But I've become very good with, you know, the, the being uncomfortable by like yoga and being, trying to be mindful. Yeah. So like we haven't been doing in-person yoga for a little while because the instructor who does it over here at Valley Forge Park, there was some kind of COVID scare and blah, blah, blah. So I don't really like doing the Zoom thing. I prefer in person, but whatever. When, when, when they're doing it on Zoom, I'm like, I'm a busy person. I'll do something else. Anyway, I prefer it in person. And the thing is like, and I said this on a prior episode, when you're doing yoga, you get comfortable. Like she tells you to, to think about your breathing. So when you're like stretched and you're in this bent position or you're doing something weird, like you feel carbon build up in your body, which causes anxiety, which causes stress. But if you're, if you remember to breathe while you're doing that stuff, usually the stress goes away. And so I've gotten like to the point where I'm like, I exercise trying to, I try to like exercise that uncomfortable muscle, if that makes sense. I was doing like hot and cold therapy for a while, oh, yeah. which I kind of stopped doing because I don't know if it was for me or what, maybe the fucking side effects from the vaccine or something. I can't fuck with anything anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, so whatever. Anyway, it is what it is, man. But uh, good shit, man. Good shit. Good shit. We live in a blessed life in the new year here, and uh, we hope you're enjoying it and listen to it. Um, Speaking of uh, uh, podcast norms, I have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to hit the bond you'll hear. Yeah, look, we can pause that. Can we pause it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a second. Be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Started in here. And running, running, and running, running. So uh, yesterday I had an event with uh, Andres Olias from Remax Mikasa. Really good dude, nice young gentleman. And uh, he put together quite an event. So in the industry, we try to bring people together and we provide the information and we tell them what it is that we do as a team yeah. and how that all works or we'll focus in on a certain area. And we'll have a buyer seminar or whatever we're having, right? Yesterday was more of like a financial planning and getting your credit ready for purchasing a home so they had this event and it was just a few blocks from here at the office so we're around 63rd and central here on the southwest side of mm-hmm. chicago and uh the venue was just a few blocks back and it was a nice little place the guy was like telling me his rates were really good um and he was telling me you know you can rent this out if you have an event too so we had the event and they said it holds 150 and i'm like yeah, I don't think it holds 150 safely during COVID or whatever. <laughs> but uh, but I'm like anyway, they, they had like we had like around 110, 120 people RSVP or whatever. Yeah, and 50 showed up, but the okay. room was packed. So I'm like, this is perfect. I'm that like, if you had double that amount of people in here, like they don't even have enough chairs for that. How could they even tell you to have, you know, you, we can fit 150. It's like, like there was 50 and every seat in the house was full, and there's no more room in here to add anymore. So I don't know what they're talking about with that. I'm like, but uh, anyway. A lot of people turned out. They're very nice people. Um, they talked about financial f- planning. My friend Ruby Velasquez and uh, this other girl Shane, very very nice. They t- talked to people about you know what to do to get their credit right and how their taxes affect that and 
the importance of getting your taxes done right and not paying more money than you have to. Damn, I don't know if you could hear that in the mic. Some weird just shit. fucking bumping some <laughs> shit going down central right now, but I, I respect that. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, is there something? Did I press play on the computer on something and it started playing when we were talking? But no, that was not the case. That was just somebody bumping going down the street. Yeah, respect, guy. Uh, anyway, um, so the event was really good, man. And it was, you know, they put on a good presentation. It was very informative. Everybody liked it. They had, you know, some refreshments. And we all got a chance to to say, uh, you know, to give to say a little something. And uh, I really enjoyed the, like, you know, minute, minute and a half, two minutes or whatever, just speaking with people and uh, making people laugh. Working the crowd. Yeah. A little bit, man. But <laughs> just, like, you know, showing people, like, a little bit of joy, you know. Sure. Just making, we were having fun with some of the material. Um, I was joking around. I was like, there, there was this part of the presentation where they said, would you rather have a million dollars today or two pennies that doubles in value over 30 days? And so, of course, I think it's like the one that doubles in value, right? The two becomes four. And then once it becomes like a million and it doubles, you know, whatever, right? So yeah. it, it, it takes a while. But the point is just, you know, the power of savings, compound interest. So I go up in front of the crowd and I'm like, I was like, hey, earlier when we were talking about the choice of the one million or, you know, the, the penny that doubles, I was like, I think I take the million. I'm like, tomorrow's not guaranteed, son. I'm like, I'm going to be yeah. sailing the seven seas with Carol G, baby. <laughs> and then everybody was just laughing their asses off, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, what would you do with a million dollars? That's probably what I'd do. But anyway, um, in any event. Uh, I was just joking around. It was just funny. We had a good time, and there was there was other stuff too. But it was really cool to connect with people. I spoke with some of them afterward, and like that's one of the best parts about what I do. You know, they're asking about, you know, hey, my tenants are screwing me here. How do I handle that or whatever? And like, although I don't do evictions, I know pretty well how this all works. And so, you know, I give them advice like that. They're asking me like questions about condominium law and all this. But it was really cool, man. And the owner of the banquet hall, we exchanged, uh, you know, cards and got our, each other's phone numbers. Um, I answered a few questions for people. The one dude I met, I actually invited him over for the fights last night. He uh, trains around here. Um, Steven Tapio is the guy's name. And I was like, dude, come through if you can for the fights. And he's like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. But uh, I think he has kids or something. He probably couldn't get out of it or mm. whatever. But he trains at the same gym as Bilal Muhammad. So shout out to Bilal Muhammad too, man. Real real killer from Chicago. That guy's got no give up or quitting. And I'm very uh, – his great skill and also great heart and determination. But, uh, yeah, so that dude, he didn't end up coming through. But, uh, you know, meeting people like him, we exchanged numbers. Like, that guy, you know, I might be talking fight game with him for quite a long time. In fact, maybe next time when we're doing something like this, talking about the fights, he could come and give a little analysis too. And that's what I told him. Like, dude, you'd be able to see how people are walking or what they should be doing, a hip out of some kind of hold or grapple or whatever. But uh, the event was great, man. That was a nice little highlight of my week. I also went to lunch at Main Event Real Estate. So shout out to Tanya and David Diaz of Main Event Real Estate. Um, went down there for lunch on Thursday. So I was supposed to be meeting one of their agents, Jackie, mm -hmm. um, Jackie Rial. So shout out to her as well. We were supposed to be meeting for lunch, and she's like, "Hey, you know, Tanya's doing a meeting at the office tomorrow, like on social media and blah blah." blah. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "I think I see where this is going." And the answer is yes, I'll <laughs> be there. So don't mind if I do. <laughs> so fucking. I change the plans. I order some sandwiches, whatever. We go down there, and I meet with all five, and we have a nice conversation. I get to, you know, crack a few jokes and have a good time, get out of the office. Um, so that was a great time, a very positive thing. I uh, can't wait to see my main event family again soon. Oh, yeah. Um, we had some recent deaths. 
uh, terrible to change the topic to something so nasty. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the dark ray of Bob Saget, rest in peace, my man. Oh, man. Dude, you talk about unexpected. I mean, granted, I wasn't exactly following Bob Saget's career, so to speak, but, um, or, did it say, uh, did you follow how he, how he passed? I wasn't, I just heard he died. Yeah. Just Google it real quick, if you would. Yeah, let's check it out. You take a look. I don't know if you I, knew. I think it might have been a heart attack, but I don't want to say that. We'll, we'll find out for In sure. 60, it was 65, right? It wasn't even that yeah, old. Yeah, he was... He seemed he seemed like a young sixty five because he yeah. was still doing stand up, you know, up until the point of where he was passing. Interesting. People ask, "What did Bob Saget die of?" No cause of death was immediately announced. Foul play and drugs were ruled out by the sheriff and the medical examiner. Interesting. Uh, found dead lying face up on his bed in a luxury hotel room in Florida. Interesting. The plot thickens. Um, no signs of trauma. No signs of foul play. Room was in order. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds think he took like a heart suicide attack. pill or some shit. I, you're right. like, no, it was probably a heart attack. I'm like, was this a suicide pill? Did he want to off himself? He took the second shot of Pfizer. No, I'm just, no, no, just you almost made YouTube. Joke on my YouTube, shit. we're not. This is a joke. This is a joke. I, I'm double. I'm fully vaxxed. Fully vaxxed. Whatever that fucking definition is, it changes every few months. But whatever. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it changes to whatever Fauci fucking wants it to be. Yeah. Tony Fauci, yeah, the science the himself. Mafia of science. Boop I am the mafia. I am the mafia of science. This guy says Tony Fauci. But hey, um, what are you gonna do? Hey, hey. Oh, forget about it. Hey. Forget about the side effects. Forget hey. about it, huh? We're. I don't forget about it. Forget about the side effects. Forget about the test, the allergy testing. Forget about I, the FDA warning label yeah. that it causes, uh, or may cause myocarditis or heart swelling. Informed consent. What is that? Yeah. Do you we, know that there's risk and benefits of this vaccine? Here's what they are. Yeah. Do, do you want to make that decision now? Just take it, motherfucker. Well, there's one. There's one for every man, woman, and child in America. Just jump in line and inject that shit into your kids too. The whole a vaccine for the whole family with our tax dollars. Oh shit! It's your civic duty as a good American, like spoken like a true liberal. <laughs> <laughs> spoken like a true fucking sheep. Yeah, um, a true lemming. <laughs> yes, and I'm I'm not really a conservative. I'm a civil libertarian. Fucking freedom all the way, man. Yeah, the most, I, the most broad freedom you could possibly get. Like, do whatever the fuck you want to. This is America, goddammit. Yeah, another another uh, uh, Tim Dillon quote. He, he did a recent podcast where he was saying, you know, he's they're trying to put him in a camp, whatever people, you know, political ideological camp. And it's like he's like, just listen. He's like, I'm for whatever gives people more freedom, more autonomy. You know, whatever gives people more freedom, more autonomy, less authoritarianism. I, I don't like. I don't like the authoritarianism that has come up during the pandemic the, the authoritarian leanings of people in, in politics wow what a surprise people with power want more power and like to flex their their muscles it should be come as no surprise but i just figured like it's they wouldn't be so disgusting as it ever is it's, it's yeah. that's how it always is but during this time they haven't told you the truth about the origin of the fucking thing 
then they're telling you to keep on injecting yourself with another vaccine every six months, regardless well, of, of anything else. Like, it's tunnel vision. It's like, it's not that there's any other early treatments out there or any of this or that. Just get the fucking vaccine, you cocksucker. Don't we be healthy. You sit down at a restaurant like a normal yeah. human being. You're a fucking dog if you don't have the vaccine. That's the kind of bullshit that's going on you're right now. You're killing people. You don't care about your fellow man. Never mind that you can still spread it if you're fully vaccinated and boosted. But whatever. Yeah, you can get and yeah. spread COVID. And sometimes the COVID cases are maybe even worse after the fucking vaccine. YouTube, I fully support vaccination especially for the elderly it's kind of a guy I mean, let's not say fully fully is a strong fucking word i don't support mandates though enforced i support free fucking choice is yeah. what i support is hey there's a vaccine that has an fda warning label on it that says may cause heart swelling myocarditis yeah. can't say that though can't but say that it, they have that yeah. that should be your fucking choice whether you take sure that. you know what and, I mean? and it's if it's you're not risk. that afraid of covid and and if they give you other early treatments like look at president fucking trump right yeah. Guy's 70 years old or fucking whatever he was, 73 at the time. Not a spring chicken. Fucking guy. And kind of chunky. He's eating. kind of a thick boy. Ever, he eats junk Trump food. is a thick boy. He eats Double C. And after getting COVID and sweating his ass on the walk up to Marine One to go to Walter Reed Hospital, he gets monoclonal antibodies. Fucking Dex, Shout out Dex to Walter Reed. Shout out. I was and, born um, there and my dad worked there for 16 years. And fucking... They give him that shit, and he's better four days later. He's back debating Biden. Come on. This is fucking bullshit, man. Yeah, yeah. This bullshit is what it is. They, it's a they free threw... choice. They just had the march today, which is one of our topics that we were going to talk about. Oh, yeah, I got that up. It was like, you know, stop the mandates and American homecoming, and that's all we ask, man, is a free choice in the fucking matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it, For if medical somebody decisions. wants to get their kid a vaccine, it's kind of scary because there's adults that have been having side effects, and it, apparently it's very noticeable in kids. Because kids normally don't have these types of health problems like myocarditis or heart swelling or fucking stroke or heart attack. But the point is, we should preface it should this. be a choice, man. Yeah, like yeah. If you want to, if you really want to do that to your kid, fine. But you know, free choice for adults and kids. This is it's silly. And yeah, we it is. we talked about this too. So you're not supposed to coerce people into in participating in research that is okay. un-american that's north korea shit but that's authoritarianism there i was, don't like it there was an international code of medical ethics that developed after world war ii when they were trying some of these nazis for forcing people to engage in experiments or research to see you know how much pain the body can tolerate without yes. novocaine or fucking you know um you know sedatives or, or anesthesia but anyway reminds me. they were doing all this shit um there's this thing called the Nuremberg Code, and basically what the Nuremberg Code says, these medical ethical standards, is that you're not supposed to encourage people to participate in research or threaten them with consequences if they don't uh, participate in there. Yeah. Literally, the mayor of Chicago said um, that she's she's requiring the, the vax cards at these restaurants um, and I think they even want to see the, the booster shot as well to, for you to sit down of in a course. restaurant in somebody's business where they're trying to make a living, show the Vax card. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, well, it, they would have an argument, and this is a beef I had with the military early on. But the, the point of that is, it, and, and it, I don't yeah, want to forget no, this. You, you go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to just go, okay. put a pin on that for a second. The point of that was, if it's if it's research. You're not supposed to coerce people into to, to participating. Yeah. Okay. That's if that violates the Nuremberg Code. So 
what they're doing right now, what she said, is she's basically trying to, she's like, I'm trying to make it hard for people that aren't fully vaccinated in order for them to like live a normal life. It sounds like coercion to me, right? Yeah. 100%. And then the consequences, uh, you know, the threat there is that if you don't, you're not going to be, you know what I mean? That, that seems to me like it violates the Nuremberg Code. And um, these, yeah. these vaccines are still researched until they're fully approved. And right now, all they have is emergency, uh, you know, approval. So w- there should be no fucking mandates. People should be able to choose whether they want that vaccine or not. So that's that's my, my opinion. Yeah, if this was normal it's status quo and there wasn't a pandemic, these they would still be in the approval phase. We'd still be going through trials. Yeah. We, it would it, they would not have been approved yet. It's and that's one one of the things that uh, uh, Dr. J. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. Butterchia. I, I don't know. Butterchia. Yeah. Um, he was saying that like he was really surprised that they cranked out a vaccine that fast that's the mrna mrna technology where you basically just you know build it in the i don't know uh, you know i'm not a medical doctor this is not medical advice by the way youtube i'm just some random guy on the internet um this probably won't even hit the algorithm but you know in case it does for the sake of saying the more so. we keep on saying it the more yeah, yeah. It maybe it will yeah the, the algorithm <laughs> they said covid a lot of times yeah oh the algorithm is gonna take a look raise the or eyebrow vaccine or mandate um but yeah it's it's one of the things he said it, it, it was just like he was so surprised that they actually came up with the uh, vaccine so fast because well the mri technology is not a traditional vaccine it's a bit different um it's uh it's not latent virus, you know, uh, inert virus injected to train your cells. It's different. It directly, it directly teaches your cells without latent virus uh, in the vaccine. So it's just, it's, it's like, oh, here it is. Transcribe this body, learn this, learn this gene therapy or whatever, and, uh, you know, get her done. And the vaccine is kind of a one trick pony with the spike protein, um, you don't have the uh, what is it the TMB cell immunity that you get from previous infection natural immunity, which is a bit more uh, robust. Yeah, it's a bit more multifaceted as opposed to the one trick pony that the vaccine is. Um, and the vaccine, you know, it's it's great. It's great that they can do that. I mean, there's so many applications with mRNA technology, right? You know, you can rapidly deploy you know vaccines um, in pandemics like this, and that's that's great. I think. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> what did uh, again? I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep referencing Tim Tim Dillon because he's, he's so many great points about the whole COVID pandemic and everything. He's, he's like, he's like, now this is from someone who has you know Ford, a Mercury, American Muscle, uh, you know, but it's an American product. It's a modern American product, and quality control is, eh, eh. At best, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you get just get vaccinated, the pandemic will end. <laughs> well, you know, two weeks to st- slow the spread became, you know, two years to, uh, um, I don't even know at this point, just uh, do random shit to make ourselves feel better, but not really stop the pandemic, which is becoming an endemic. Um, so it's an American product in the sense that it fails to meet previous expectations. <laughs> It failed to meet, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Chevy uh, Cobalt or whatever, the Chevy Cruze. It, uh, it looked great. It's, it's uh, zippy. looks kind of flashy, but it's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not a Corolla. Um, it, it's an American product. So, granted, we make really good heavy-duty trucks, and the LS motors that she- Chevrolet makes are amazing, by the way. I just want to say that, be on record. I'm not a GM hater for you 
two fucking haters that will like comment on this video. No one will probably comment. But uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's Marion product fails to meet expectations. Quality control is low. They've uh, I haven't pulled this up, but they've uh, sealed the uh, trial results for some time, some decades now, twenty five years from now, whatever the fuck. You know, they're sealed. It's like the JFK thing. The records are sealed because there's shady shit involved. You know, <laughs> and that's not speaking to the efficacy of the vaccine, which is effective until it's not, uh, until it fizzes out at six yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. effective for the great for the first couple months. There's some studies that are coming out of Europe uh, now that says uh, vaccine efficacy dropped like fuckethal after like half a year. That's why they had the, you know, the booster yeah. twice a year. Um, but yeah, no, they're good to go for, Free choice, for a minute. Man. Yeah. Free fucking choice. But it's just um, too mandated. The, the problem with the mandates is, with me, to come back to that, is if it stopped the spread, you'd have an argument. There are There is some initial data showing that vaccination, especially at peak efficacy, like right after vaccination, shortens the window of infectivity. Um, you, you're not as, as infectious for as long. But when you are infectious, still as infectious as fuck. And that's, I believe those was OV, either OG COVID, original COVID, or Delta. I don't know the Omicron data is in. Omicron doesn't seem to give a fuck. It tears right through. It's infectious as fuck. Um, there's no stopping it. By the way, there, there just isn't a, like, public health officials, government leaders, you're done. You're done. You're not stopping this. You have to come up with something else. Come up with another dragon to slay, but preventing the pandemic. People are over it. People are over the restrictions. They're over the mandates. You're not stopping it. Vaccinated, yeah, now unvaccinated. Now you're just pissing people off. Just pissing people off. You do it. You're, you're doing nothing. Just, just so you know, you're not accomplishing. And it, you just, you're just failing. If people you, need to live their fucking lives. Yeah, yeah. It's not that bad. We're all gonna get Some it. Some people joked around in the it. beginning said that it's like so. it's just like a bad case of flu. Well. It turns out that it is basically almost that. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go as maybe as far as to say that, but we know yeah. that if left untreated for weeks at a time is when you have fucking real bad problems and you die because we saw that happen to, like, almost a million Americans who maybe yeah. if they got early treatment with other shit besides the fucking vaccine would still be alive today. Nanny, Gammy, all those motherfuckers would still be alive, right? If it, you know what I mean? It may be all of them. If more they got would really be. I wouldn't say more, all of them. Yeah, I mean, more okay, whatever. I'm yeah. speaking passionately. My point is like... Yeah, you're right. You're like a lot of those people, and there's doctors that'll back, that'll back that up, man. They say that. That literally, like, you know, like, more than half of those people would be still living if they just got some early treatment. It's pretty fucked up. I but, Yeah, we should have at least... Here's the thing. There shouldn't have been... Um, informational campaign a coercion campaign to discourage doctors from i mean we're like people are driving like fives especially like uh shout out to uh 452nd combat support hospital my old unit 452 in, in the house uh literally the first uh stateside reservist deployment in history went to go assist all medical military medical personnel doctors nurses everything we threw them at new york threw them at new jersey because they're being overwhelmed and the morgues overflew they had to bring in uh refrigerated trucks to house the bodies it was insanity yeah, absolute insanity that. in new york early pandemic og COVID. um but you know we're not that anymore uh you know i i understand i understand having that reaction early on but that is not omicron and we are not that is not the case anymore and honestly like 
what what I didn't like about even before now we can all we can debate hydroxychloroquine probably a lot even saying that probably is misinformation probably saying that it's debatable there's some studies that say it's bad other studies that it say it's uh, either it definitely never hurts hydroxychloroquine has fuck it all for symptoms you get a little uh a little grumbly stomach or something like that maybe you get some shits if you really take a lot of it you know it's not it's one of the safest medications out there ivermectin has even less <laughs> less uh negative side effects these are not dangerous i mean these are these are like tried and true proven like antivirals or whatever yeah. their efficacy against covid is debated i will say that it's debated they've they've fucking so, repressed studies of that shit they, dude. Like, ivermectin they did they absolutely did repress studies for of that. sure man. um like the, they don't want you to know how good jury it is. is out you the jury I mean? is still out everybody all these fucking <laughs> people they get really sick celebrities they're getting that fucking you know shit. they are they're getting yeah. ivermectin yeah getting fucking monoclonal antibodies the shit that'll really kick COVID's ass. Why can't we all have that shit? That's what I'm saying. That's the shit I want to have a choice about. Yeah. They give you. A, they only give you one fucking choice is the vaccine, and it's like, I want some monoclonal antibodies. And that's bitch. not a. At the, yeah, it's not a. Like the one one trick pony solution for this problem is just get vaccinated. It's like, I mean, there's so many other there's so many other conditions that we have the multifaceted Swiss Army knife approach to. Because you don't need just multiple do one approaches thing. for different problems in the body. Yeah, you yeah. Need some shit for the heart, and some shit like, for the brain. Let doctors try. Don't fucking threaten their medical license, pull their medical license when they're fucking trying during a pandemic. From people are dropping they're like They're supposed flies. to do the let exact opposite. Especially with medication that is safe. If there's one thing, if they're gambling with really, really fucking like heavy side effect medication where there's all kinds of a whole nother ball of wax with side effects, that is not hydroxychloroquine. That is not ivermectin. At worst, it's a nullity. At worst, yeah. it didn't help you. At worst. And saying that it's okay to try with that isn't saying it's not okay to get vaccinated. So we have this weird... I'm saying do both. Like, if your doctor... I say talk to your doctor. YouTube, I'm not giving medical advice. My medical advice is talk to your doctor. FYI. Yeah. This is not a place for medical advice. There's two guys shooting shit, so... Yes, yeah. two guys Fuck you, algorithm. Fucking shit, son. Fuck you, algorithm. Anyways... Um, yeah, talk to your doctor. If your doctor wants to prescribe things that ivermectin is appropriate for you, all right. Then, then I say, if that's what your doctor says, I say go for it. Because at worst, you'll have sweet fuckethal for side effects. Maybe it won't help you. But some people are saying, some doctors are saying they're having success treating with ivermectin. I know that's insane. That's medical information to say. Because uh, somehow that wouldn't, somehow, oh, well, I can just take ivermectin and not get vaccinated. Why wouldn't you want to do both? Why wouldn't you want to? protect yourself with the vaccine and also when you get early stage COVID, try try ivermectin if your doctor prescribes it to you if they wouldn't if they want suppress so actually doing large scale like randomized fucking clinical trials and shit with ivermectin if they would do that then and, and and let's say they just assuming for the sake of the conversation those studies showed that uh or those trials showed that fucking ivermectin was great for covid i wouldn't take the fucking vaccine then I'd rather get the fucking natural immunity from the the infection and take my ivermectin and feel better in a few days. Yeah, as a young person, I I agree. And I, not get yeah, the vaccine because this vaccine, this whole thing, man. There's there's yeah. other rumored side yeah. effects out there and shit, and we still don't know them. And they're just injecting you with the shit, not knowing whether you're allergic, not giving you informed consent discussion about the risks and benefits, which there always is of any course of treatment. There's always risk and benefits, and um, this whole thing has been kind of crazy, man. And it's just a, I, at some point, you know, the the, t- the real tough problem here is that the suppression of speech, the censorship, and also the, 
the misinformation the other way. They're trying to scare you into getting vaccinated. Yeah. Pro-vax. Oh, you're a pro-vaxxer. Like, motherfucker, they're brainwashing you, man. They got you all scared. You know what I mean? They're operating out of fear. They're controlling the people's emotions, right? The, the, the greed or desire to get back to the old lifestyle mixed with the fear of getting fucking COVID without a vaccine. It's like, you know, they're, it's, it's a fear fucking game. People are operating in fear. They're letting fear make their decision for them. And it's, yeah. it's scary because at some point when you've complied with the vaccine bullshit and all that, when is enough going to be enough? Like, don't you see that? Like, you've made a great sacrifice for your country and your, the fucking, your fellow mankind already by everything we've been through, you know, with the bullshit. Um, but we don't, you, there is no real defined limit here. Like you're just going to keep on, just, you're, you're going to say, keep on getting boosted for six I guess, months yeah. until, until this finally goes away. But it's, it's an insane proposition. Without knowing all the fucking side effects you could possibly get. Yeah. And going forward, long-term side effects from the vaccine, we have no idea. We have no fucking idea. Let's just say that. I, can can we say that? Can years. we say that YouTube? That, uh, because we've literally just in- introduced this, you know, in like... I think we're drawing more attention to the issue. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, because we really don't know. And like like we said earlier, I mean, if this was normal clinical trials, it would still be ongoing before this was approved. This would not be un- approved under normal circumstances yeah. yet at all. And the fact that they've sealed the results in the cr- clinical trials and those aren't available for some years is eyebrow raising at best. Eyebrow raising. Hmm. I wonder what's in that. Oh, yeah. Gotta wonder. I mean, hey. There are uh, casualties on the way to progress, I'm sure. And they had to probably tweak the product to get it right. And I'm sure some poor bastards drew, drew the short stick in that process. Uh, I have no doubt about that. But that happens. Um, and God bless them for, like, putting all their shit on the line for that. So props to them. Um, but we are essentially – my tinfoil hat theory for how things are run – we're essentially run by a corporate oligarchy in this country and almost almost internationally to an extent. We're in a corporate oligarchy where the Ultra relationship between large corporations, corporations, the international marketplace, the global economy, and politicians who they you know they bankroll Wall Street, yada yada, big tech, uh, big pharma, all those they're really calling the shots and controlling the information sphere, at least trying to control the information sphere as much as they can. Uh, to control the narrative, and it's really quite transparent to the point where they almost don't—they're almost only half trying right now. It's just like it's so transparent the bullshit they put out. Um, we saw a case in point: the um, horse dewormer thing, CNN horse dewormer. They said, "Oh, Joe Rogan takes horse dewormer." It's like, motherfucker, when someone takes hmm, an antibiotic or whatever for an infection. They're not taking horse medication because they, they give antibiotics to horses, penicillin-based stuff, you know, whatever. Uh, they're, they're taking an antibiotic, and in different doses, all of a sudden, it's horse medication. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it, no one's taking that for, like, antibiotic. When a dog gets an infection, when a horse gets infected, they take the same shit as we do, just in different doses. It's literally the yeah. same thing. And calling it... It's like taking, say, oh, you take antibiotics for like a staph infection, where oh, you're taking horse medication or whatever. It's like, dude, it's the same thing. So, but that's just the little yeah. pussy bullshit that they're at. It's so nowadays. pathetic. Yeah, it's, it's pathetic. It is. It is yeah. because it's like, yes, there's probably veterinary medicine where you can get it like there, and it's the same shit. But it's the same shit when you go to fucking 
So they're trying to make, they're trying to bash Rogan's rep. They're trying to fucking make him look like a crazy or like a Yahoo. The guy's taking horse dewormer. <laughs> well, I might take horse dewormer too if it worked on COVID, motherfucker. How about your vaccine? That doesn't work. You yeah. can still get a breakthrough case, and they're seeing them all over the fucking place. In fact, I think they're saying that Omicron might be fucking um, vaccine resistant. That's why so many people are getting it. It's it is. so fucking much. I can, I can speak to assholes. it. assholes. Maron. Yeah. Malacas. Ramosa Queratoso, whatever the fuck they say, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I see case in point in my unit. We go out. We go to the bar. The majority of us get COVID. We Omicron. And that's people have had the virus before and the va- they're all vaccinated at least at least one dose there are a couple of my guys who only had the first jab but i believe one of them had covid before neither of them the guys who only had the first jab actually got it oddly enough but everyone else fully vaccinated two jabs some of us have had covid before and they got it it didn't matter it didn't care omicron in fact it didn't get me oddly enough i've had covid before i had two shot the the two shot pfizer um, just come, but I had just come off that. I got my second jab December 27th. So, um, I would probably have peak immunity at that time. I mean, probably when you're peak immunity, it's maybe a little harder to get infected. Um, still possible, but I mean, we're talking hours of exposure in a small bar where like we we're there at 7:30 till bar close at two, and if you can't get it after that many hours of exposure that's pretty good i mean you get the fucking covid infection plus the jab i mean you, your odds are good and uh your odds of a bad case very extremely low probably um so, and I, that's another thing i don't understand the early downplaying of natural immunity and its benefits so transparent as a vaccine sa- sales technique Dude, i, I yeah. had a friend of mine tell me that he had you know, two different girlfriends this year. He had broken up with one, and he is now um, dating a new girlfriend. And he said, you know, he had had COVID before he started dating him, and both of them got COVID. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, they've been as close as you can be, right? And so, you know, as, as you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, and fucking no. He didn't get it, yeah. Not again, no. So, like, yeah, they say, like, natural immunity, like, they, they don't want you to even think about that. It's like, that's what they started saying to calm us down in the beginning of the pandemic. They're like, Do we, we're going to get to a point where there's herd immunity, where when enough people had it, plus we're working on the vaccine. Like, get your fucking ass in line and wait till we get the vaccine. We're going to pump you full of that shit. You know, whatever. <laughs> right. Anyway, let me put this on pause. We'll, we'll come back and we'll wrap it up in just a bit after that. All day. All day. All night. <sighs> okay, back at it. So, Bob Saget, rest in peace. He was the father on Full House. He was the fucking, um, he was a dirty comic. So, for those who don't know, which they probably did, but if, you, if you're a real Bob Saget fan, you would know he, is a, he was a dirty comedian, rest in peace. Um, so, he went from being like this wholesome father figure on friggin' Full House with the little twins and shit. Yeah. And uh, fucking... <laughs> It was a dirty comic after that, but apparently very filthy. Said some things about even the twins and his act and stuff. That was like, you know, funny, but uh, a little risque. Risque, funny. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. But that was what made Bob Saget great. So, fucking, I, I wanted to see him live. He used to perform down here in Pilsen and some other places, and I never got to see him. But uh, it's all good, man. At least we have his work to look back on. Betty White. 
Grandma oh. Betty White from the Golden Girls. I remember I used to watch that shit with my mom, my grandma when I was young. The Golden Girls. They were fucking classy chicks, but they were still out there friggin' meeting dudes and shit. This was before Tinder or any of that bullshit. They had yeah. that they old people game. They used to show you how it was done, son. Yeah, when people actually had to interact in a 3D physical space as opposed to a digital one. It requires a certain skill set, you know. And Betty White... Uh, sharpen that shit. Man, talk about a relic of a bygone era, but an American treasure. You know, American a national treasure. treasure, I would say, and a legendary figure. Uh, you know, um, everybody, I remember when she died, everybody was like, holy shit. But it was one of those, you just thought she was going to live forever, right? You know, she was going to be like one. So you never thought she was going to die. She just kept on going. It's like, you know, but she's been around since, you know, uh, before there was, you know, the written language, you know, before the ancient Sumerians and everything. So, like, like and she just finally died, which was crazy. I never thought I'd see it. She so. um, she was uh, almost 100 years old. Yeah. She was just shy of 100. Fucking, uh, she was one of those, like, you know, she did the Golden Girls, and that's what kind of was her most well-known shit, but she was, was the grandma that would say some dirty shit in some of those oh, movies, yeah. I think. Some of those comedies. That would have been a fun one to rage with, you know, to hang out with Betty White and just, like, shoot the shit. And it's an amazing thing, though, um, she was almost a hundred, so I mean, when was she? so she was born early, early twentieth century. Um, yeah, the shit she must have seen. I mean, she was old enough to remember. I mean, she's uh, old enough to remember like the the Great Depression. You know, uh, <laughs> you imagine bit, growing but up then in World that. World War Two would have yeah. been the wild part. True. Totally wild, you know, in the sense that war back then was very different than it is now because back then the entire country mobilized, essentially. Like, shit, was, cars were melted down. Like, the women weren't working factories to support the war effort. It, it was like all the men went to go fight, the young the young men. And um, now it's just like it's a constant simmering thing that, you know, to keep the forever war going. But we can get it. We'll get into that in a different podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... It was a, it was more of a thing as opposed to, like, a, it was more of an all-encompassing reality, primary focus of the country to win the war. Now it's just kind of a side thing. Oh, yeah, soldiers, they go, and they drive around, and kind of in some third world country, they get blown up by a bomb. It's like, yeah, that's fucking crazy, man. You know, glad it's not me, you know. But, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of like the normal thing now. And back then, it's just like, no, we're all fucking in on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, it brought the community together. Yeah, so she grew up. Riding around as a kid in like a Model T, probably Model T Ford, got to witness the moon landing. You know, that's some crazy shit to go from like the first mass produced internal combustion engine car to the moon landing. Uh, what pretty impressive thing to witness, I would say. Um, bro, and, sh- and shake off the Great Depression. And, you know, that was another thing that like, um, that was cool about the greatest generation is that like they grew up in that shit like the great depression fought and won world war ii built america into the premier world superpower economically militarily whatever and um then there's the boomers and the boomers basically just ruined everything (laughs) and you know what that's okay because our generation isn't any better than the boomers honestly i don't think the boomers given the keys to the castle you know and then they just, yeah, they just burnt the house down, basically. Like, they 
they fuck things over for the future, you know. Like that's when, when the boomers had control, that's when the outsourcing happened, middle class get, started getting gutted, you know, all that jazz. And um, honestly, we, we probably wouldn't have acted much differently, us millennials, if that was put on the table. But uh, you know what? Maybe the Zoomers are the answer. Maybe the Zoomers will save us all, save the country. I don't I'm know. I'm scared. From their smartphones. I'm fucking scared, From man. their smartphones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but seriously, um, I feel without without renewing the values and the principles that we have and the rights we have right now, freedom of speech, freedom to defend yourself, free, you know, the right to privacy, right? Against warrantable, you know, unwarranted searches and seizures and all this shit. Like, yeah. that's more important than it ever, ever, ever it was in the last few generations. Like, that shit is, it is supremely important at this time, I feel. Yeah, people don't understand the significance of having having rights. You know, it, it, rights are like an inconvenience to some people, almost. Like, your, your right to not be, like we have with Australia, with the, um, uh, we'll say them, we'll say COVID detainment facilities or whatever. Don't call them concentration camps. They're really not because they're not as bad, but they're technically concentration camps. Dude. You know, if there's yeah. concentration camps for illegal immigrants at the border, then there's concentration camps in Australia. So can Which we just say that? Yeah. Can we just say that? Yeah. I'll, I will concede that there's concentration camps for illegal immigrants at the border, kids in cages, all that, you know. Then there's concentration camps in Australia. And people just hanging out on a porch, sunbathing, doing their Instagram shit. Like, yeah, you're there, and it's not bad, but you're not there on your own recognizance. You're there against your will. And uh, that I... I always thought that was interesting from the Aussies because I, I seeing that happen in America. Now there's some people in America that are lemmings, that are sheep, that want to be told what to do. They're weak-minded, um, and they want to be herded herd like livestock because they don't have the the mental, emotional, willpower to make decisions for themselves. There's a lot of those people out there. Uh, weak ass bitches. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It just is what it is. I'm sorry that it is. Some people are like that. But that's, I would say that's the exception in America. That's not the rule. There's enough in America that if people started getting put in COVID camps um, and bust in there, you know, you know, military, you know, five-ton trucks or whatever, uh, LMTVs and shit, there is some shit would happen. Some shit would go down. Like, the, most people would not go for that. Like, no, wait a minute. I'm COVID positive. So now you're going to put me in some fucking, like, camp? Like, are you out of your goddamn mind? Like... Me and my AR might have something to say about that. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, me and my AK might have something to say about that. I, I, <laughs> I don't think we're. Gonna, but in Aussie land, they're like, y'all might have our guns. You know, we're just gonna skew it on the Bobby you know, and forget about it. You know, and drink Foster's. Actually, don't drink that Foster's. It's a shit beer. Australians hate it. That's Foster's American beer for America. Yeah, Australian beer for Americans. Um, yeah. So it's like they're, uh, it's like they're natty light. I don't know. It's it's not good. Um, but uh, yeah, man, they're they're just like, yeah, mate. I mean, our government would never betray us, do do bad things to us. Like we're we're chill, mate. You know, fucking. Meanwhile, it's skewing on the Barbie and people getting put in COVID camps. And I don't think that's good. Like when you when you give up all your guns and you have no actual leverage on your government, they really don't have any leverage. The, the point of that's what really the whole Second Amendment thing is all about. It's not about hunting rights. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you to you guys, but the people who wrote that shit, it just fought and won a revolution against the British Empire. <laughs> um, so it wasn't about hunting rights uh, and recreational 
Sports it was about shooting. being able to defend yeah. from fucking invaders, foreign and domestic. Exactly. And that could mean the motherfucker <laughs> coming through the front door of my house, too, if he needs an extra hole in his ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. It means all those fucking things. And God bless American <laughs> culture and American law for having that baked into it. Because it's baked into American law. Thank you can God. say what you want. Yeah. It's got negative implications. You know there were some motherfuckers but, at the time that shit was drafted and signed. That said that they didn't they didn't think they needed a bill of rights in there. You know what right, I mean? right. It's yeah, like yeah. fuck you, man. Put that shit in no, writing, no. bitch. Put it. Yeah, you want a bill of rights? Okay. Pen and paper. Number yeah. one, freedom of speech, religion of the press. Number two, the right to keep and bear arms should not be infringed by these motherfuckers. It's pretty fucking even though clear. They tried to infringe. They've really tried. It's a jerk off game. It couldn't be many more <laughs> clear. Shall not be infringed. They, yeah. they were deadpan serious about that. And, and fucking uh, <laughs> the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, and the Sixth Amendment. Fucking civil liberties, son. Let's fucking yeah. drive down the fucking expressway with the America fucking flag, man. The American flag and just fucking See, spread the word of fucking freedom, brother. Rights are an inconvenience to the people who like lockdowns. They like mandates. They like authoritarian declarations. They don't like your free speech. They don't want you to be able to say what you want on Keep the on digital, on the metaverse. The yeah. That's all an inconvenience to these people. Like, there's certain Fuck subset of people, specifically. It just seemed like great at the time, but we can yeah. impress these motherfuckers with all this in place. They'll be suing us. Yeah, yeah, and specifically to the powers that be, you know, specifically to the to real owners of this country. They don't like people thinking that they want they want to tell you what to think. They want you to fall in line, and that's you know, why I be a good sheep. Do this, and I listen to rap all the time. Yeah, and honestly, uh, you know, something that a lot of people don't bring about bring up is there's so much of this, like you see from the mainstream news media, trust the government, trust CDC, trust what they have to say. Meanwhile, for the last, I don't know, however many years, you know, Big Farm is the devil. They're the devil. Near the Fairfax district overnight. You got a fucking That's me. ad playing in the background. I apologize. Dude, they're trying to fucking distract us. Yeah. But yes. But... Up until recently, Big Farmer was the devil, and that was the thing brought up by like the left lab. We need like these these companies are out of control. Like they do immoral shit. Here, let me. Uh, I have actually something pulled up about Big Farmer. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So Pfizer is the number three biggest uh, uh, settlement ever paid out um, in terms of criminal penalties, criminal penalties, criminal and civil liabilities. That's uh, f- two point three billion. That with a B, a Bravo, not million, billion. Um, Pfizer and its subsidiary Pharmacia and Upjohn paid $2.3 billion to settle criminal and civil liabilities for legal promotion of their pharmaceutical products. But trust them totally, without question. Without question. Definitely trust these people, for sure. Because they're very credible and reputable, and their record speaks for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're literally I'm not saying don't get told. vaccinated. You still... A lot of people really probably should. Most people probably should. I think, personally, it's a good idea but you shouldn't be compelled to. It's it, it, free choice. You know, free choice. You shouldn't be compelled to. I think it would be a good idea for most people to do so. Probably, I think the benefits outweigh the risks. But um, compelling people to do so? Uh, uh-uh. no, no, no. The funny thing about the vaccines is that apparently, if you have like more than fifty deaths on a drug, <clears throat> FDA immediately pulls it and won't allow it to be. And sold this anymore. would have been pulled this were this normal been pulled circumstances. As a vaccine Absolutely. They've attributed way, like 
over a thousand deaths to the fucking vaccine, or maybe more than that, right? I don't I'm know sure it's when it's implemented mass scale, and that's yeah. one of the things that so Malone like, dude, and some shit that's for. It could be pretty fucking risky, man. You know. Well, yeah, and you're gonna, but you're gonna see that when you're trying to vaccinate a country. What are we? Three hundred twenty, three hundred thirty million people. I don't even know what the population around three hundred million somewhere. Um, you you're gonna get big numbers like that when you know when you're doing mass vaccination for the entire population. That's the goal. You're gonna get average obviously way more adverse side effects so it doesn't mean the vaccine's dangerous obviously it doesn't mean anything to the people that die from it uh, or the loved ones the people that die from it you're like well still fuck you you know yeah well, well yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, right right that means nothing to them no man so and granted statistically speaking that's still a very low very low por- proportion of people and your risks from covid are probably higher than your risks from the vaccine however we when you're getting both, when you're getting both, I think we know or that. If you had, if you Here's had the, the, if you had the virus first and then getting the shot afterward, maybe riskier for you. Here's exactly, yeah, that's another thing that for Malone system, said that the he was up like, of spike mm, proteins. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing, and you uh, already have such good immunity, you're mind fucking your. Immune you don't system. really need it. Yeah, after. it's your not. Like, Wait, we already know. You Why already weathered it. You don't need it. Yeah. So here's the thing, like specifically with myocarditis, and I know Joe Rogan got heat for this when. He was talking about, uh, he was on the pocket, like all the mainstream news outlets like CNN was like, oh, watch Joe Rogan get fact-checked in real time by Josh Zepps or whatever. And I'm like, and so Rogan is trying to say like the risk of myocarditis in, uh, you know, uh, adolescent males uh, was higher with a a vaccine, specifically the Pfizer vaccine, I believe it is. And we have an article about that that uh, says as much um, than it is from COVID. Now, there is... And Josh Zaps was like, no, no, no. Actually, there's higher risk of myocarditis just from getting COVID than there is of the vaccine. However, now let's let's grant that, girl. Let's extend the olive branch and grant Josh Zaps and CNN. I believe you cited a CNN article about that, if memory is correct. But grant him that ground. So there's an accompanying risk of myocarditis with COVID. There's an accompanying risk of myocarditis with the vaccine, specifically, uh, you know, it's different for each uh, manufacturer but so everyone's going to get omicron basically right everyone's going to get it you know at least it's so contagious now you're going to you're going to get cold if you haven't already so if you're a adolescent teen why would you do both right so you're gonna you're gonna there's going to be risk of myocarditis from covid which you're going to get probably eventually and there's also risk of myocarditis from the vaccine so why would you increase your risk of you double you're not you're increasing you're you're packing on myocarditis with vaccine myocarditis with covid why would you do both you know if you're if so you're, you're increasing ad- the risk of myocarditis then because an adolescent team exactly yeah. why are you compounding risk of Compo- myocarditis yes. well that's what that's yeah. what the doctors are saying that are getting silenced now is that like if you've already had it there was already the risk of that myocarditis and now you're adding the extra risk of that you might get it from the vaccine exactly so yeah the whole thing is um the whole thing's kind of fucked up man it is because another thing that they said apparently, <clears throat> you get more of the synthetic spike protein on the vaccine than you would get just the natural spike tr- protein from a natural infection of COVID nineteen. Mm, interesting. Because what they're seeing is that after they inject you with um, with the vaccine, that your antibodies are really really high, and the doctors like, there's no way that the antibodies would be that high unless they were giving you a really large dose of those fucking synthetic spike protein. 
And another thing is that, you know, originally it tried to say, well, it just stays in that area and, you know, whatever. It doesn't. It's like it goes all over yeah, the Yeah, that's what Malone is saying. It doesn't say localized to like a transcription site, no. basically. They go everywhere. Yeah, it's like your heart, your and fucking And it shouldn't. That's, an, that's an oopsie. Christ. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's dangerous, but depending, but it can be if it goes wrong, right? You know, um, usually it doesn't. In obviously the extreme minority of cases, there's an issue. Um, so... But that's that shouldn't be a controversial thing to say, and apparently that is a controversial thing to say that there's risks associated with that are being downplayed by the establishment. Um, yes, sir, that's happening. And and we're not even, but just we're not even saying that these are high risks; they're low risks. That's what I'm saying. But just even saying that there are risks, like we like do on every commercial, every commercial you've ever seen with a drug. Oh, here's a you know Prevagen or whatever may cause a bleeding, diarrhea, stroke, blah 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 blah. blah you know. You know, it's like you go through this laundry list at the end of the commercial of like twenty yeah. different side effects. Like, holy shit, is it even? I'll worth just it? take the kidney failure because all yeah, those give me the kidney failure. Like, yeah, right, right, right. But it's a low risk of those things, so you wait. It's called informed consent, and apparently we don't do that anymore because it causes vaccine hesitancy. Oh my god, so which is why we need the fucking informed consent. Stop fucking with yes. us. Like you're fucking with us. Dude, no, you're fucking with us. Dude, uh, what was the big uh, mm, roundup company? The company Monsanto. Monsanto. Monsanto got annihilated in a lawsuit um, because of Roundup because they essentially had insufficient warnings with their risks, risk of negative side effects from using Roundup. I believe is risks of cancer specifically, and there is a massive, massive lawsuit. This one firm. I mean, God, it would be a fucking wet dream as an attorney, like to be with that firm that like annihilated Monsanto. I mean, it was a billion dollar lawsuit. Like, I think it was actually a billion dollar lawsuit. Anyways, um, they take a third off the top, which is God, God bless them. You know? Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, you buy a fucking oh, yacht. I can only imagine. That's yacht club money. Drinks, uh, ladies. The fucking drugs. But it's the same. But to bring it full circle, informed consent by using this product. Here are the risks. It's probably a low risk of cancer with Roundup, but you have to know that there is a risk of cancer, and they were kind of not being explicit enough about that, or yeah. explicit at all about that. I don't know the exact details, but Fuck it's the same principle. Them, it's the same principle. Fuck them. So the government, the government, and the mainstream media is essentially being Monsanto. About Pfizer, or I wouldn't say Pfizer, you know, Moderna, whatever, Johnson & Johnson, about the vaccine. They're essentially doing Monsanto shit, Roundup shits, you know, where they're like, they're not get telling you the full deal. They don't want to talk about it. Anyone that talks about any risks associated with it, however slight or low, just discussing that risk is misinformation creating vaccine hesitancy. By their definition, We're living in a crazy time. they Folks, are. Beware. By their definition of vaccine hesitancy, every commercial that's ever been published about any fucking medication lists all the side effects that they do per FDA regulations or whatever is creating medical hesitancy. Everyone ever published creating some kind of medical hesitancy, medicational hesitancy. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, this just changed. Like the game has changed. We can't talk about this shit anymore. To some of the world's what? best doctors are being censored. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And, and like, that, those would be the people you want to hear from the most, right? Yeah, like Dr. J. I didn't even know J. who that fucking weasel Fauci was until he like, was all over the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, I love COVID. I think about it when I jerk off. And now I'm going to fucking, now that it's here, this is the this is the pinnacle of what I've been trying to achieve. And now we're going to yeah. hit you with the vaccines and you got to fucking take them. I've taken a bullish position 
on certain pharmaceutical stocks. Let me just put that out there. Oh, just kidding. I'm bullish. Just jokes, people. Just yeah. jokes. Just jokes. Just jokes. Bullish on pharma. <laughs> <laughs> well, my man, um, we got a fucking... We got a nice dinner to eat. I'm craving salmon tonight. I'm going to get that shit hooked up at yeah. Great Bulls. Um, before we go... Um, I wanted to give you this book. So, um, happy birthday to me! You. Thank you. This new book out here kill chain. is called huh. the uh, the Kill Chain. It's uh, by a guy named Christian Bros, defending America in the future of high tech warfare. Former staff director of the Senate Armed Services Committee and senior policy advisor to Senator John McCain, talking about what we need to be uh, to do to be you know battle ready and to be fighting the wars of the future interesting um, and what we need to do to change the military for the best which we'll talk about probably at length over time when you come back on the show about all well, the need for military reform it is i feel been has been largely perverted into something that it should not be that it is not it's outside the definition of what military should be or Don't what get we me started. need them for or their purpose or what they do that's for another um, podcast <laughs> but yes, this book apparently has a lot of good ideas in there about what needs to be done, um, you know, to better our military and reform it. So we'll be talking about that shit in the future, too. So you got that book. Um, you know, I got that over here. Fuck. Thank you, man. I'm, um, that's that's quite interesting. Being a Signal Corps officer, um, we don't do cyber, obviously, but there is uh, information spectrum stuff, you know. So, yeah, that well, is, that is in like the similar to do is like just for overlap. food for conversation for these podcasts is maybe like... Not like a little bullshit book club, but we'll read a chapter a week and then kind of rap about it, you know, um, on the podcast or whatever and just kind of, you know, chat about our thoughts on it. But um, there was a few things we didn't get to. What do, what do you else do you have up there? Maybe we'll get to them next time. Uh, we have the uh, coming up next episode in uh, the Blue Podcast is uh, LAPD cops fired for uh, playing Pokemon Go during a robbery. Uh we have other stuff. Very uh, interesting story, but that's what it's gotten to. They yeah. don't even want police doing their job, so now that they're not, these people are doing fucking yeah, we're fucked up get shit, like that. playing Pokemon while people are getting robbed. We're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, housing market and inflation, and are, are we heading for another crash? Hopefully not, because that's um, what I do for a living. Fingers crossed. And uh, also, we're going to talk about the FBI and... Um, mm, Manu, uh, sort of manufacturing uh, the FBI's role and how the way they prioritize stuff and how they kind of manufacture crime uh, and they uh, gestate, I want to say. They gestate, encourage, and almost foment people to get sort of what they did during the uh, uh, war, the GWAT era, the war on terror, terror era, just finding like young, kind of hapless, you know, Muslim kids to, you know, build up and drag them along, inch them along, hold their hand all the way up until the point of committing terrorist that provide all the assets, provide all the incentive. The plot originates with them. We're talking about the uh, Whitmer kidnap case and all that. And um, just kind of like the FBI SOP of like uh, creating crime to stay relevant or at least um, make headlines. I don't know. I don't know what their motivations are um, being in the federal government myself. I don't know the federal government government's motivations are. Often they elude me, and they're completely separate and detached from most of American people. To that's a good summary. To be generous, yeah. that's a good summary. Yeah, um, but yeah, and I also want to talk about Jake Paul 
and uh, you know celebrity celebrity prize prize fighting. Uh, so, and the the Woodley the Woodley uh, fight Point we got to talk about that. Yeah, yeah that's we'll, a, chat, we'll chat yeah. about that. The second so. second fight Woodley got knocked the fuck out. Son, <laughs> yeah. like Friday, yeah. like Friday movie got knocked out by damn Dude. Woodley. You you got to fucking represent MMA a bit better than that, dog. You got clocked by a YouTube fucking star. That guy yeah. should be half a bitch, bro. Jake is legit, man. He is dangerous. He throws a heavy hand, and he's in good shape, and he's young, and he's fucking got balls. He's stepping in there. I'll fucking fight Mike Tyson. Are you out of your fucking mind, cocksucker? You see what he did to Roy Jones Jr. Uh, when they fought like a year back? Like that guy still will fuck you up in his fifties. He'll always he'll be dangerous till I, the day he dies. I actually I don't know. I I, I would just. He will certainly be uh, until the day dies. I still think Tyson wins a fight, but Jake Paul, you got to watch out for him. I mean, Tyson, he's he's not as quick as he used to be. So even though he might be able to throw some heavy hands on fucking Paul, you get clocked on that chin, you don't know how his chin's going to hold up. Because fucking Roy Jones, I don't remember him having anything really heavy. In fact, Roy Jones was saying that he was going into that fight, he was already in good shape anyway. He's like, I didn't have to worry about training that long because I'm still training people in the gym all the time as part of my living. And then when he got in there, he looked winded, and Tyson was still good to go. He looked winded by, like, the second or third round. I'm like, damn, Roy, I thought you said you were tuned up, dog. Dude, Tyson is, uh, he, hey, in my opinion, one of the all-time greats. Dude, he's a ferocious savage. I just love watching, Certainly like, knockout of reels of Tyson. He had so many fucking fights and so many fucking knockouts. Dude, he, he would chop you down snatching like a tree. the life out of people. Like a tree, yeah. dude. He, it was like, it was like if, if you chopped a tree with an axe or got hit by lightning or something— he cut right in you, dude. That guy would work your body with those fucking hooks. So much power. And chop your head off. So much power. <laughs> yeah. But um, anything else on that list at all or not? Well, that's pretty much all I had. Um, next time. For keep next all those time. fucking ready to go. Write yeah. them on the list. We got them in the queue. Save the tabs. We'll get back at it. Hopefully, you'll be back in in a couple weeks, and we'll, we'll do part two. Oh, yeah. I'll be around. But uh, before we go, uh, I say this every podcast. I believe that uh, we should all start from a position of kindness and respect. And um, when we meet people, regardless of their gender or their race, and I believe that if we do this, you know, our own world will be a better place, and so will everybody else's too. So, uh, you know, be good to each other, be good to your family, be good to your community. Don't stress, don't stress, stay blessed, and tune in next time for the next Blue Podcast. We love you, man. Peace. Stay warm out there. Amen. Peace out.